They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast, the best wrestling podcast in the wrestling podcast business. I'm Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net, here once again with my good friend, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki, not to mention, hailing from Nottingham, England, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's glad good to, to see you guys. Glad to be here with my friends. My best friends. My best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had Hell in a Cell this week. I guess there's a pretty good amount to talk about. Before we get started, something I have to clear up very quickly. I was very harsh on NXT last week. And I caught a little bit of heat from some friends of the show who will remain nameless for the time being. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Basically, I said I was tired of all these veterans getting called in from other promotions and taking up spots in NXT. Now, what spurred this on was specifically Roderick Strong, because I feel like people in Ring of Honor really like him, but to me, he's just a guy. He's just another wrestler. There's nothing special about him, nothing unique, nothing especially entertaining. He's not the guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, he's a little older. So I think that is, I maybe was not as specific as I should have been. Because it was pointed out by Joey on our show that, you know, Kevin Owens came from the Indies. Uh, he mentioned a couple guys, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor. Now, Finn Balor's an exception. Uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, I guess also are exceptions. But now that I think indie wrestling is more on TV. It's more mainstream, especially, especially when you get these new NXT guys in. It, it makes you, you hear about where they're from. You want to go, okay, maybe I should start watching this. And that's how people learn more about them. Right. Now, and, and Donovan specifically, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. No relation. <laughs> he, uh, he mentioned specifically guys like Seth Rollins, Sasha Banks. I think he may have even mentioned like Dean Ambrose. Those are all people who came into FCW when they were early to mid-20s. Like Seth Rollins was known as Tyler Black. He came in as a 25-year-old, became Seth Rollins, and made his name as Seth Rollins. He was not a guy who people watched for 10 years on TV like Austin Aries or like Bobby Roode. These guys are like in their 30s. They're established elsewhere, and they're coming to NXT just to take a roster spot. Uh, and I don't have a problem with them taking the roster spot, but to me it, it, ha- it hampers the development of yeah. the younger talent. And not to mention, now, some of these guys I do like. Like, I like Bobby Roode. Uh, as much as Austin Aries owes me an apology still for stealing my Perfect 20 nickname. Well, I think he got, I think he got his comeuppance with that eye. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's not a Perfect 20 anymore. No. <laughs> Negative 20. But I, I, So, to be a little bit more specific, well, I think one of the reasons I feel that way is when all these guys that have been mentioned to me started, I was not watching wrestling. So, I didn't know anything about anybody in the indies because I barely knew what was going on in WWE. Now that I pay attention to it more, I'm like, ah, why do we need these guys? Like I said, Roderick Strong was specifically, like, to me, that's a guy that's like, why even bother? What is he bringing to your product that you couldn't find somewhere else or that you don't already have? So I guess that's all I have to say about that. Vintage passion. Yeah, hopefully. Just a a side comment Uh to to strongly agree with you, and I guess a little bit of a side, not even really a disagree, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I agree with what you're saying, or in, in a two different direction way. Maybe you see eye to eye on this, maybe you don't. Um, 
kind of an issue I think they're going to run into is when they're bringing these guys that have been on TV for roughly 10 years, more or less, and people, like, I'll be honest, you know, similar to you, six, seven-year hiatus from watching the product. Yeah. I'd never watched TNA, so I know of these guys from starting to watch it again and doing a little bit of, you know, viewing of their matches. I know... My best friend Aaron, he's seen most of their career or a portion of it, knows their moves set, knows rivalries they've had. Yeah. So people like my best friend, he's been, you know, able to see them, like them, dislike them. They're coming here. People that know who these guys are, such as Bobby Roode, such as Austin Aries, if they're making both of those guys heels, one of them a heel, they're gonna have the fans love them. So here here's gonna be the issue I think WWE is gonna run in, run into. Let's say you keep these guys in NXT for half a year, a year, a year and a half. I hope not two years yeah. due to their age. Well, what about when you bring them up to the main roster? They're going to run into the same issue again. They're going to be heels, but the crowd's going to love them. Then they're going to be heels on a bigger stage, and the crowd's going to love them. And granted, Vince says, you know, there's not a bad guy, yeah. a good guy no more. But it's going to be something they're constantly going to always run into right now, which I feel like I'm an I'm, uh, issue of that product where... Typically, most of the people I do like are heels. Yeah, <laughs> but I just think for you know for average, I don't even your son likes heels. Yeah, and he's seven; he's not supposed to like them. Exactly. <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm letting letting him down. Then. That of the year. Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess my, my only thing to, to disagree with you, or, or and you know, where I guess I'll, I'll I'll start with kind of in defense to you. Um, you know, these guys are people coming into NXT, which kind of really didn't start until. I'm trying to think, Kevin Owens didn't necessarily do it. He kept half his name. He was Kevin Steen, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until someone else came right at his same time. I know Samoa Joe came. You know, he kept his name. AJ Styles came. Yeah, he, Finn Balor you know, changed they, they his name. name. Finn Balor changed his name. But ever since it started, you started getting people coming from other other indies with their name. That's because indies started mattering more. It was getting more popular. And I'm not saying people weren't watching indies three and a half, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, but I'll just I'll put myself out there. I wasn't watching it. Me neither. And I'm starting to, it's just been the last year and a half, two years where I'm starting to watch something here and there, unless I have someone randomly tell me, you know, watch this yeah. or that. So, I mean, Roderick Strong, I've heard that name. I've read it on the internet, but I didn't know what that guy looked like. I'll be honest. When he came out as Austin Aries' tag partner, and everyone was freaking out, and I, I think I saw Triple H post it on Instagram first, I didn't know that was a former college football player. I was like, that name sounds familiar, but who is he? Like, like, what's the big deal? And I understand you know him from Ring of Honor, but I don't. You know, Austin Aries and um, you know the commentary during when he came out, you know, Corey Graves did a phenomenal yeah. job weren't selling him. Look, I'm excited going into that tag match. While I was watching, I was like, oh, okay, this guy matters. He's someone. But, you know, I do agree. I just think these older guys, I think, I don't want to say they need to copy what they did with Kevin Owens, like put them in there for six months, make the product hot, and then put them right on the main roster. Uh, my only opinion on people that they don't need to do that to, I guess, would just be Eric Young because he's in a fresh stable that mm-hmm. just started. But I do, I completely agree, a hundred percent. They, if they need to stop, you know, flooding it in with names that are already established. I know Finn Balor mattered in New Japan, but he wasn't Finn Balor. You know, yeah. Prince David. So mm-hmm. there's there's a difference there. Uh, Kevin Owens mattered in the Indies as Kevin Steen, but they they changed them, they critiqued them. 
and you know they made him red hot. But yeah, yeah Sami Zayn wore a mask before he exactly, exactly. So I mean, I, you know, that's that's my agree to disagree with you. Just want to get my two. Halo, any thoughts on the subject? Yeah, I agree because um, we, to put your point, Tyler Black wasn't it, well. Ring of Honor wasn't that big because but he came in NCW what two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. So yeah. Tyler Black, Ring of Honor wasn't a household name because remember the internet changes. When you hear about somebody, you want to go back and watch yourself to study up yeah. on them. So. so like Eric said, he didn't watch TNA, so we hear Bobby Roode or Austin Aries. He's, he's on. Okay, let me go, go watch this, because the NXT audience, the NXT crowd at Full Sail, they're smart. So, so they're they're that indie crowd because they know what's going on. And in the future, I also feel like we're not going to get the, we're not going to get this because I think that's what the performance center is for. The performance center is for to build your own WWE type guys. Like I know you said, um, Sasha Banks was brought in, but she wasn't. She was like 20, 21 years old when she came. Yeah, she's like 20, 19, 20 years old, whatever she was, and um, but she wasn't a big name on indie, so she's basically a WWE product. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bailey. Now Kevin, uh, Finn Balor, he still had that the demon thing out out of New Japan mm-hmm. with the Bullet Club, but that will soon soon enough that will fade out. And as far as like Roderick Strong and Bobby Roode and Austin Aries. I'm not sure. I think they're sealing just maybe NXT. Because believe it or not, Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode is 39 years old. Is he that old? Yeah, he's old. I did not. Yeah, I thought he was up, like 34. No, maybe. he's 39 years old. Wow. He's up there. I'm not sure how old Austin Aries is, but I think that they love, their their age may be their age may not may keep them just in NXT. And I think I would like for them to do is when they start building more of these NXT characters is actually have them go over these big name guys because the crowd knows who these guys are. Because I mentioned this last week about. Yeah. Before NX, when NXT was on Hulu, before it hit, before it hit the net, before it hit WWE Network, that WWE they would send their own guys down to NXT yeah. to work with them. I mean, you saw you saw Bailey work with mm-hmm. AJ Lee. You saw the Big Show down there. You saw Punk Team Rollins. Mm-hmm. You should do stuff like that. Like even Neville had a match with RVD. Right. Do that to get these young guys over, because that gets some exposure and that actually puts them over. Because like okay, this so and so beat RVD. So and so just beat AJ Lee. So and so just beat the Big Show. It puts these guys over. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they got away from that. Got away from that aspect because. I think that would work and put some of those guys over nowadays. Well, one of the things that Donovan said, and not not to talk about this too long, but so one of the things Donovan said to me is he feels like NXT is at a point where, you know, they spent three years building up all this talent that is now on the main roster. So they don't have developmental talent ready to go to put on the show every week. That's true. So his his what he said to me was, I don't remember if he said six months or a year from now, whatever it was, down the line, you will see these guys who we're not seeing a lot of be built up within yeah. six months to a year. Like the tag team division, that. that's what he said. We're going to see the tag team division. He, I think he specifically mentioned that. Built up over the course of the next six to 12 months, which that is the point of it. So hopefully they do. Yeah, and because like we've been saying for the last few months, Probably since maybe June or maybe maybe even May, that NXT hasn't been that great because they are stuck in a holding pattern because they they didn't develop any of these characters. Like we're just finally seeing some development of the women's at the women's division. Yeah, well, and I, I guess you know I, I hate to be you know WWE's you know attorney or not, but of, <laughs> of course like the main thing they got to worry about is their main product. So if they gotta steal from NXT, why wouldn't they? And it makes sense. Oh yeah, it makes sense. Because I mean, if you think about it, like even if you just look at Survivor Series, like the, the main event, five on five of each person, very few of yeah, them. Yeah, it's a lot of people on that show. A very <laughs> no, very few of them didn't touch NXT. Right. That's you know more or less what I was thinking. Um, and it, you pointed out a good thing there with um, some of these guys going over. And I know last week you guys made the prediction that. Uh, um, 
Perfect Ten will probably um, take another loss, probably to, to Bobby Roode. I mean, I guess yeah. that that would be one of the, the main things. If Bobby Roode were to put him over, that would be finally, I guess, kind of a step in the right direction. You, and I guess if you look back in retrospect, I would say even to when we were watching NXT when it is on the network, yeah, I've seen a lot of people come in there and be a good hand, do favors. You know, Rhino did it several times mm-hmm. for people that were Corbin. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he did it for Corbin. He did it for a couple uh, Joe. Yeah. Um, and then you had, um, actually, I guess he went over. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, he went he over. He went over yeah. Breeze, yeah. Well, that was Breeze's role was to put everybody yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another thing is NXT has become a touring brand now, so you also have to bring in names you know, names people know to sell your touring mm-hmm. brand. Because they, they actually they have two split brands, and they run two, two separate shows in two different cities, each mostly every night. Yeah. So you got to bring in bigger names to sell those shows that's your touring brand now, too. Yeah, and you can go back and probably listen to one of, our, one of the first ten episodes we did, and that was one of my comments about NXT. T was they're going to run into trouble where they're not developing new people anymore. They're too busy with kind of mid-level guys from other places who they're using as big-name guys in a smaller NXT promotion. And we've kind of run into that now. I'll make it kind of like my last uh, note on the statement, but I think that's kind of like a double whammy where they're going to have the issue whether they can't really in six months com- you know, completely make or develop a whole new roster because the issue they're running into is you know it, it's a sad thing to say let's say you go back Hideo Itami was someone they've been working on for over mm-hmm. two years that should have been almost a household name yeah. and it, it's a sad thing to say but he goes out there travels as a house show and not to knock I don't even know the guy's name who did it but you got somebody that is in the ring with him green as hell mm-hmm. Hideo Itami could be on the main roster he should have probably been NXT champion over a year ago you know God willing. He, yeah, I think he yeah, definitely If he would've. was healthy, but you got someone out there green, drops him on his head, bang, he's out. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the performance center, they're out there. They're supposed to be developing. So these established character. guys, you're saying, are now they're the being ones. put at risk by guys who are not experienced enough to yeah, be in the exactly. ring with them. That's why, that's why we need them, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, you need the veterans there there because eventually they're, they're going to be there to put your new guys over. And like I said, w, the performance center, this whole bringing in indie guys, you'll still see it, but the bigger names, they'll probably stop because this is what the performance center was built to do. Like Triple H said, if you fail here in the performance center, that's your problem because you have yeah. everything. Yeah, every every opportunity. Every opportunity here. He also says if you do get released from here, you're going to be so much better off out there in yeah. the independent world from what you learned that, here. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. I mean, you figure, and not to knock them, I mean, you figure there are people that were just in NXT or just in the developmental center like that we've seen at House of Hardcore. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not knocking them, and I'm not going to say no to the name, but I'm just saying there could be a guy... Just by their generic look, you might just look at them and be like, ah, I'm really not going to care about this match, or I just really hope that guy takes a loss. <laughs> but then you really could just watch the match and just be like, man, this guy is good. Like, mm-hmm. he should be somewhere better. Oh, he was. <laughs> but it's kind of like one of those catch-22s either way. Yeah, not everybody's going to succeed there. So thank you to everybody who reached out, because this would have been a topic we probably wouldn't have discussed again if no one commented to me about it, so I appreciate it. We can move on to Hell in a Cell now. In Boston, Massachusetts, the hometown of the boss, Sasha Banks. First ever women's Hell in a Cell match. The first ever women's main event at a pay-per-view. Rating. Oh, rating? Here, guys, we're going to give it a rating. I think that's what you guys were mumbling over. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be the most hated person that anyone that listens to this show, I'm going to say it was a showstopper. Whoa! 
right out the Whoa, gate with a my best friend. My best friend is generous. <laughs> best friend is generous. My best friend is pretty generous. What do you got for it, Alo? Well, um, it's a review the rating system. If it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it's a somewhere falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. And if it's an awesome show, it's a showstopper. I'm giving the show a slobber knocker, a straight slobber knocker, because other other than Ron's favorite triple main event, <laughs> no, nothing really happened. No, the the three match, that three Hell in a Cell matches, they were the show. The tag team title match was gr- was good. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. But other than that, nothing in my opinion really happened. Even while I was taking notes, something really jumped out at me at all. So I'm just gonna give it a plain slobber knocker. I'm gonna give it a slobber knocker as well. Um, you guys know I was very agitated before this pay per view even started <laughs> at the whole triple main event. I. I'll interject real quick mm-hmm. just to say one statement. I do think one of the worst things about the show is just the label Triple Main Event. It, it was. And my reasoning was, and I talked at length about it last week, about the idea of the women main eventing, <coughs> how upset I'd be if they didn't. And obviously I'm, I'm happy that they did. I'm proud of both of them that they got to that spot. I'm glad that WWE made the right decision. But even afterwards, they kept. I kept seeing like on Twitter and Facebook like the triple main event, the triple main <laughs> event, and it's like there's one main event. You had women main event it. Just call that the main event. It's like you're you did something really great and really progressive, and you're almost taking it away from yourself by saying three matches were the main event. One match was the first match of the night. It is not part of the main event when it opens the show. Well, it's the opening main event. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that in of itself is stupid. Um, well, I know when I started rewatching the product about six years ago, I always was wondering why the World Heavyweight Championship was defended well, in the opening match. Well, <laughs> well the there are eight main I'll, events at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, they just need to do away with that that whole concept. There's one main event; just let it be the main event. Um, and I, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll interject, and I'll be really cheesy to say this, um, since the Cubs. Are uh, off. <laughs> last we checked the score in Game Seven, uh, Punk always said, "There's a match that goes on last." And that's the <laughs> so I don't care. I mean, they booked WrestleMania before as double main events. They booked a hundred other shows as double main events, Rumbles, everything. But we all know whatever match goes on last, that is the main event. There's only one. Game Seven is the main event of the World Series. <laughs> there is no. There is. It's not a seven. It's not a seven seven match series main event like Sheamus and Cesaro. No tie. So yeah, so I'll, I'll give it a slobber knocker because there, there were some issues I had with it. Thought it was a good show, not very good show, not great. Um, but the women, like we said, did did actually main event. They did go on last Hell in a Cell match. I thought right from the jump that they got to be in the ring as the cell was lowered above them. I thought was a great touch. Uh, Charlotte attacking Sasha before the match starts. Them spilling out into the crowd. Sasha going through the announce table. Is that the first woman to ever go through an announce table? I know of, yeah. Announce? To my knowledge. I would think maybe on a uh, live, or or, uh, like a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. Lita probably job that out before. I don't think so, but at least least WWE. Yeah, not not that I could ever remember seeing. So, a lot of action. You always talk. have announce tables. Alo talks a lot about how blood feuds are handled. Mm -hmm. And when two opponents are in a blood feud and they go out there and lock up and do some mat wrestling to start a match, it does not ring true because you're supposed to hate each other. 
this could not have started any better based on what this feud is supposed to be. Like, they were, Charlotte went right after her. They went after each other. She basically thought that she sent her out on a stretcher, and they wouldn't, wouldn't even have the match. That was another one of my favorite moments. Sasha on the stretcher, and she's saying, give me my title. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't even a match that happened. She just wants her title because the match couldn't happen. She's, she's good. And they sold the, the bad back throughout the whole mm-hmm. show. That's ultimately, I assume, what was supposed to have been the reason why Sasha lost. Mm-hmm. I thought both women did a great job. There was a couple things that I know didn't go according to plan in the mm-hmm. match. But I thought they, they both did a phenomenal job, told a great story before and during and after the match. Um, so it lived up to all my expectations. Now, Alo, I know you were looking forward to this one definitely as much as me. Before I ask you about the finish of the match, because we all know Charlotte won, you know, won her title back. How do you feel about how they performed in this match? Well, it it went over my expectations because when the when the match started, me and you both mentioned that. Okay, so Charlotte's doing this so they can do less inside the cell. Like the, the, the power bomb on the out, onto the announce table, fighting the crowd. So that's going to overcompensate for what they're doing in the, inside the cell. But it went, it went, it, it, it went more than what I thought. But the chair and the table that was that that was great. I love Charlotte playing the heel. Every chance she got, she just went, she just went after Charlotte's back. The video package too was excellent because mm-hmm. showing the lineage of, of women's wrestling. We we seen the stretcher spot from not KNR ninety eight, but this is this is this is the thing with the IWC. They're so much smarter now because they have the internet and WWE yeah. network. But thinking about it, think about it, that was eighteen years ago. So what if they do it again? Yeah. What, what difference does it make? Everything repeats itself all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, well, Dina Seth did it a couple years ago. But regardless, it was, yeah. it, it was and, have, so, and have women ever done it? Yeah, no. It, it made sense for women, and especially for this story. Yeah. I thought the psychology was great because, like I said, every opportunity Charlotte got, she went right after Sasha's back. And I, I said, I got everything, everything and more I wanted out of this match. And as far as the ending, the, well, the finish, I liked the finish because people were complaining about the finish, but I liked it because Char- Sasha set the table up, and Charlotte just started. Charlotte just started pounding and throwing Sasha onto the table back and forth for hit natural selection. It felt it felt abrupt, but at the same time, Charlotte, Sasha took a lot of punishment before she before Charlotte hit natural selection to win the match. Yeah, Not and she was—I mean, she was supposed to go through the table. They just couldn't get it to break because yeah. Sasha weighs like a hundred pounds. Yeah, so it's not always going to break. Uh, Eck, your thoughts on the on the match? Well, all right. So I guess my complete take on it. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this show for almost a year now. And we we're, know you're, we're closing in on it. So we know you're pretty adamant, not just on Sasha, but the whole you know women's wrestling mm-hmm. revolution. Uh, I've been a fan of it. I've been a fan of you know the four horsewomen completely from what I've seen. I remember we saw a, uh, I believe a fatal four way when we went to NXT Philly we a little did. over a year and a half ago. And I was like, you know, these girls deserve to be an event. They you know they really can put it on a match. And every match has been getting better. They've been entertained. You know, I'm not trying to be the guy to say I haven't been entertained. There was there was times where I was like, you know, I'm not that excited, or there was always a match I was looking more forward mm-hmm. to. This was the first pay per view that I was genuinely most looking forward to the, the women's match. Right. So I had high expectations, and I re- high expectations of hope. I really didn't think we would get to see the ch- the the cell use. And actually, you know, all three of us getting to watch it together, we all thought, as Alo just mentioned, when the, the table spot happened, at, we're like, okay, cool. If this match actually does take place, 
we don't really need to see the cell be used yeah. because we just got enough in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, beer in hand, like, okay, cool. That I'm content. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> you know, if we get one, you know, slingshot into the cage, excuse me, they will, they would have done their job. So match goes on, and like Halo said, from what I've seen from backlash of people loving or hating the result, I can't disagree more with how I've seen people complain on the internet. Um, it was one of those things right there when, when I saw it happen, I said I said out loud right in front of you guys, like, I don't know if that was the result going into the match. You know, people are complaining that there was two times prior, that it was within 48 hours mm-hmm. to two hours of a match, and the result was reversed, yeah. and Charlotte was supposed to go over. You know, I'll go so bold to say five years, ten years from now, when Charlotte's retired, and no knock to Sasha, she mm-hmm. is great. I do like her. And I thought, you know, the whole time into this, you know, women's revolution, she's probably the best. Charlotte may go down as the greatest women's wrestler ever. She, you know, it's one of those knocks where if I remember Edge cutting a promo to Cena saying, he, you know, that, that Brock didn't always want to do this. Me and you, we always wanted to do this. You yeah. got to beat him. And it was one of those things where people can always make that rib at Charlotte. She didn't grow up wanting to be a wrestler. Right. That's what her dad did. And it you know, kind of fell in her mm-hmm. lap. But that girl is awesome. I remember when we started the show, some of us would rib on her every week. And then she started getting that? better and better. Everyone but me, I think. But we, we would yeah. all say how bad she was. And then her mic work got better and better. And everyone, we, we could never knock her ring work. But everything got better. Her heel work is just so good. And you can't say, like, I don't want to say Sasha didn't do nothing in that match. Because mm-hmm. she was great in that match. No doubt about it. But Charlotte carried that match. She did awesome. There were some great spots. There were, I don't want to say a botch per se. But, you know, there were some things that didn't go as planned. Yeah. I thought the match was awesome. It definitely deserved to be the main event. So, you know, the match, I thought, you know, I couldn't ask for more. Um, I see a lot of people complaining about the finish, about Charlotte actually winning. I'm like, me personally, I didn't want Sasha to win the title again until me, me either. down the road. Because I, I don't like, you know, the, the whole uh, hot potato of a title yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, especially especially with this match. It's supposed to be the end. It's supposed to be the end now. You're blowing off the field. Yeah, yeah, so now it's like, okay, Sasha supposedly is going to get a rematch. But I think they may forget about that for a while because it seems like Charlotte's going to go into this thing with Bailey coming up. And I think Sasha might end up th- end up with Nia Jax, and then Bailey end up with the title. Like I've been, I said a few mu- few weeks ago that my story was Bailey wins the title, and then Sasha turns on Bailey because he, back going back to the build for Clash of Champions, Sasha said when I come to that title, Bailey, I don't have any friends. So I, that book that goes back to my storyline of could, could Char- Sasha, um, Bailey beats Charlotte, and then go around January, February, we get shot, Sasha turn on Bailey, and that lead to a WrestleMania match because. Putting the title back on Charlotte, it keeps Sasha and Bailey away from each other, mm-hmm. so it makes sense. But I didn't think, but I didn't want Sasha to win the title again before 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 then. Yeah, a- as a finish, like just isolated the finish of the match. Like I don't have a problem with Sasha losing that match. Uh, like you know, I was a huge HBK guy, and HBK later in his career, I loved that he could lose a match, but you left that event. Just remembering what HBK did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always thought about Sasha. She goes out there, she can lose a match, but it's like, it's the thing you remember. Her match with Bailey at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. She lost, but you remember what she did out there. This year's WrestleMania. Main thing everyone remembers is her frog splash. Yeah. Uh, the Even her rematch with Bailey in the Iron Man match. She lost, 
but you remember you remember her making Izzy cry. You remember her throwing the headband at Izzy. You remember her throwing mm-hmm. Bailey into the uh, LED board. You you remember her even if she loses the match. So people don't always have to win to make an impact in wrestling. What I don't like about it is Sasha's had two title reigns now. Yeah. Each one was 27 days, which to me is a relatively meaningless title reign. Between the two of them, they have five title reigns in seven months. To me, that, that devalues being a champion. When you get it, you lose it. Then you lose it again, then you get it back, you, get, you lose it well, again. You, can do, you can change that. You can say four in, what, three months? Yeah. Yeah, but since, since that title was instituted seven months ago, it's yeah, they've, they've held it five times between the two of them. So less than a year, we have one three-time women's champion and one two-time women's champion. So I, I think you, I would like to, I would have been fine with Charlotte holding it, you know, for a while. She didn't have to lose it on Raw, or if she won it back, held it for a while. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's for, for argument's sake, mm-hmm. and I could be the biggest mark in the world uh, by asking this. What do you guys think? And I don't know if it was just on Raw, just because she's not there. What do you guys think the chances are that that result was? Called in the ring, you know. I know we, we mentioned this while watching it, and I mean, if I had to answer that, I would I would say it wasn't called in the mm-hmm. ring. Um, I did I did see reports that <laughs> the dirt sheets it was changed on the day. He <laughs> wrote them. He wrote them. That's but like like Alo's reaction, I I take those with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Like that sounds like a Vince McMahon thing to do. Okay, we're gonna have Sasha win the first Hell in a Cell match in her home city, and then Vince saying, "Ah, you know what? No, we're not gonna do it." Um, the only reason I just remember, and you remember, like there was a. a clear well, you mentioned spot. it during the during the show. Yeah, yeah, there was something during the show where you heard Charlotte call a spot, and it is a, a high profile, a stressful match to perform in. So I could see why she would get you know worked up. Or flared up, no pun, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. But you could see if she would almost just be like, okay, you know, just yelling something out then. But I don't want to say Sasha botched a couple things, but there's things I almost think her back was killing her early in that match, and there could have been a time where she couldn't perform. By the time she lost that power bomb, it was almost like Char. I don't want to say Charlotte necessarily went into business for herself, but Charlotte could have just been like, you know. After that, after you lost that, you've a couple other things. That's what Shaw was it's, talking it's about. It's got to go. But yeah, I don't know if you listened or watched the unsanctioned episode with Sharhova, but she intimated as much that she thinks Charlotte purposely hurt Sasha in the SummerSlam match. Now, I agree to that from that spot. There was that spot. And I, I did listen to the unsanctioned episode. My whole thing is on that. On that, you're saying. Charlotte can't be sitting up on Bailey or on I'm sorry on or on Banks on Sasha's shoulders and just be like, okay, cool. I I'm now adding another 35, 40 pounds to my weight. You're gonna fall down. This is on me. Uh, I'm gonna grab. You know, n- now it's my turn. You know, you can't control mm-hmm. that. So, Sasha couldn't carry her. She couldn't. Are you talking on the power bomb? Yeah, I'm talking about the power bomb because it was after the power bomb. Charlotte out loud called a spot that the the camera could count. The, um, the mic called it. Mike called it. We heard it on TV, and that's the thing that I was like, okay, you know, that's where I thought roles reverse. Hmm. I mean, it, like, would I be shocked if that was what happened? I would not be, but I, I would assume that they knew going in. Yeah. Who I, was going to win? Yeah, I think Charlotte was supposed to win the whole time anyway because Vince <clears> doesn't <throat> put anybody over in their hometown anymore. I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I wanted going into that match. I wanted Sasha to win 
but it didn't I didn't want it to be one of those things where it's like I'm gonna dislike the match because you know the person who I wanted to win didn't win. Yeah, that that's how I feel too. I, I try to look at it that way because yeah. the, the the performers themselves. It's it's not really necessarily a reflection of what they're doing, exactly. whether they win or lose. It's all what one guy wants to happen. Now I, and again, this is me 100 percent being greedy, but I think it makes the match. And this, I may be being generous. Let's just say if the match was a nine out of ten, and let's say if if something were to come out in concrete proof, and someone said, or if Sasha said, or Charlotte said, you know, Sasha was supposed to win that match, but after X, Y, and Z occurred. It changed. If that was the case, I think that would make the match better than it was. Well, it would, yeah, because there's an element of of real life to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, So Charlotte wins, and you you asked me if I was disappointed when Charlotte won. My response was no, because Charlotte is an unbelievable women's champion. Aaron, who was the quietest in the room when the match ended? (laughs) Well, who, me? Was was I a wet blanket when the match ended? No. All right. No, 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 Charlotte cuts a promo basically saying I single-handedly made history. Uh, there's no there's no shame in losing Sasha. Bailey comes out says, you know, I'm proud of you too for what you did last night. But basically I I want to be the champion. Charlotte then says you're going to have a match tonight. I don't know why Charlotte gets to make matches. <laughs> but Nia Jax makes her return. That's got to be Nia Jax. <laughs> yeah, she didn't come and rip the, rip the door off its hinges in the cell. But she came out and had a match with Bailey last night, or well, on Monday night. I naturally uh, yell Kane's name anytime. I, <laughs> anytime I, I choke slam any of my younger cousins or my stepson. <laughs> you honest. yell Kane. It's gotta be Kane. Uh, how long before we get Bailey and Charlotte? Um, I think it'll be a stop sign. In okay. The, <laughs> well, roadblock. I don't know why it can't just be Armageddon, but. Uh, it, we'll, I think we'll get it at Robot. I think that's the next thing for Bailey. I mean, well, next thing for Charlotte because <clears throat> Charlotte was excellent again. So just calling ba- Bailey, don't keep the queen waiting. Yeah. And even taking Bailey the compliments and you guys tore the house down. Charlotte was saying, it's good to dream, but I'm achieving it. And mm-hmm. Bailey's saying, you change. And then during that match with Nia Jack, Charlotte was so happy that Nia Jack was just destroying Bailey. Yeah. She was like, yes, and smiling mm-hmm. through the whole time. She was just so excited to see Bailey get beat up the whole time. Been up the whole time, so I think that's the next best thing. That's that's the next thing for Charlotte. I do think Bailey does take the title from Charlotte eventually. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, Eck, you excited for Bailey and Charlotte? I am. I am. You and think Bailey's the one who ends the reign next time? Now, as much as we just talked about this, we hate hot potato uh, championships. This might be almost like uh, me and my best friend's favorite world title, the Undisputed title. It uh-huh. might just bounce around like that. I won't hate it because I look forward to uh, Bailey's title reign. So so do I. And the, the, she's one that I don't think they'll give a short reign to. Actually, I do see them really? doing it. I see Nia taking it from her. And I'm going to argue something and kind of make you almost bite your words in the okay. nicest way possible. You said <laughs> earlier, a 27-day doesn't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. One of our top three. You talking about you, Foley? Foley. He's had one of the shortest reigns ever. And you yes, yes, think about him. Three. That's a world champion. 
He has. He's and had three rains, and none of them's been. I think what if you add them all up, it's, it's less probably, than forty days. I, I don't think it's a month. Yeah, I. I all three together. I think it, it all three together are thirty something. It's either thirty something or forty something. Punk said it on Raw before. So full. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep mentioning him as much <laughs> as I can today. Piss everyone off. <laughs> Foley's title reigns mean something, I think, because one, there's only one Mick Foley. Wait a minute. I'm gonna piss everyone off again. They're doing multiple reigns so Charlotte can have 16 title reigns, just like her father. Well, so we had a question a couple months ago. I don't remember who it was as to who was going to be. If, was there anyone who was going to have a Cena-like 15 or a Ric Flair-like 16 title reign career? And I chose Sasha Banks oh, solely because she's young. And I felt like they're going to just keep throwing this thing back mark. and forth. No, I wish I would say it was because I was a mark, but the legitimate reason is she's young enough. If she has a 10-year career and they keep throwing the title around like this, I mean, she might have 10 title reigns well, before she's well, so, 28 so, years so old. For argument's, <laughs> sakes, for argument's sakes, technically, obviously we know Charlotte's older, but technically you can already say she's at five. Really? Because of the, well, the Divas title reign. Yeah, no, you she can say Divas title reign, if right? she wanted to because you think Flair, he's going off... World titles right. per se, NWA. Well, got NXT women's title. Exactly. So you can't say one NXT, one Divas, three Raw women's. In a year or two, she's drafted. So she's like Booker and, T right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my goodness. He'd be cheesed if you heard that. I'm sure. Well, you, know, book, you know, Book likes to shoot on people now. So. He does. That's all he likes to do. I'm trying to get him on the show. I think he should be our first like, like top notch guy. As long as he's going to come on with the ponytail and the glasses, oh, no. I want to have him on in a second. <laughs> if, if I, I just want to know if he's coming with suspenders beforehand. So <laughs> yeah, I, my, my point on Foley is the, the Foley title reigns were short, but they meant something because, one, I think Foley was a guy that was so late in his career that hadn't won a world title that people were just happy he got one. Because him winning his first world title mm-hmm. is arguably the greatest moment in WWE history. Yeah. It, it, changed pro- it changed professional wrestling. Yeah, like there's, not around because there aren't many moments that I and as, as much as I loved it back then. There are not many moments that I could still watch right now, and I feel the same way, if not more so, than I did the first time I saw it. Um, so while you can have a meaningful title reign in a short amount of time, I think what they've done with this women's title has done it a disservice in a way especially because it's like sasha wins it on raw then she loses it at the very next pay-per-view i i i guess to take non-discredit away from it at least it's going back and forth between two people which yeah you can make a case for that too that those those two the two best women in the company are fighting it out for that title yeah, and then if bailey wins in december that's a whole different feud so if, even you can't really say it's hot potato between two people so it's a whole different feud i just think the fact that we have one three-time women's champion and one two-time women's champion, and the thing hasn't even been around for a year yet. And then I don't know if you it's know. It's a little too fast. I, I think I mentioned it to you, but Cole botched when on Charlotte's entrance that she's 13 and 0 when she's actually 12. Ah, he did. <laughs> I did notice and that. I, I had said something to you guys. <laughs> so he botched it before the match even ended. Yes. Uh, Typical. Moving on, we have the Universal Championship. Longest reigning Universal Champion, Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. defending in the Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins. I thought this is a really good match too. Seth Rollins was I thought great. was incredible in Second this match. Second best match of the night. Kevin Owens incredible as well. 
we all kind of had issues with you know Jericho being the number two guy in this feud. In some cases, he may have been the top guy in this feud, but he wasn't actually a part of the match, and he became a very key part of the match. I was glad that they allowed that to take place. It makes Seth look good in the fact that he basically he only lost because he was fighting against two guys in a handicapped Hell in a Cell match. Um, I also don't necessarily think any of the three of us were really thinking this this storyline had gone great, but this match definitely definitely outshined the lead up to the match. Uh, so, Eric, I'll take your thoughts first on. Were you, were you like us, and you, you kind of felt like the story wasn't that great leading up to this? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, um, and again, I think a big thing that has to do with Raw and the, their three-hour show is a constant complaint of, I would say, an average fan, where the Universal title, whether it's fresh or not, is the main title, and it should be the most important thing, and it should be the headline story from... The start of the 8 o'clock hour to the end of the 10 o'clock hour leading into 11. That should be the main thing on Raw. There should be at least a 5-minute segment every hour for it, whether that 5-minute segment leads to 30 minutes or mm-hmm. not. That should be the highlight. Um, it, I, you know, on episodes I haven't been here that I've listened to, Orn, I know we thought Jericho's the main thing of it. Uh, it's one of those things <coughs> where they have the issue of is Rollins, you know, it, he's in that tweener spot where he's a bad guy, he's a good guy. It it hasn't been as good as it could be. There are things about it that I did like and things I do enjoy. Obviously, the main thing being what Jericho's doing. Mm-hmm. I've liked Kevin Owens since the first day he's walked into the Performance Center and what he's done since. So I've enjoyed everything he's done since it. Promo, in ring work, everything. You know, his heel taxes are good. Mm-hmm. I just think there's better stuff they could do. Um, I think one of my favorite things, I think it was the Raw before, the, the go home show before the cell, um, when they had their little bit of a brawl. Um, you know, I, I called I called Rollins kind of out on the show when he tried coming out and he wasn't cleared to wrestle. And I was like, well, if that was Austin. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and to, not to discredit Rollins, and, and I am discrediting the program because they will never, Vince McMahon will never let anyone do because of investors and everything. Nobody will ever do what Austin did, and it's not right for me to compare anyone to him. But fast forward two, three weeks later, you got them actually out there brawling. You got people separating them. You got them slipping on the stage yeah. trying to get to each other. Mm-hmm. So that, that is showing, you know, the potential to a good feud here. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed the match. Um, I think it made Seth look really strong. I do believe uh, Booker T pointed it out um, or in the talk and roll after the Cell match or after the Cell show. I believe Rollins is the first person to kick out of the pop-up powerbomb. I could be wrong. I most likely am wrong. Hopefully I'm I sure am wrong in some combat. Of course Cena did. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> shovel. You, you forgot about the shovel. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the hand of all hands. But I, e- either way, Seth comes out of that looking strong. You know, the week before, he pins both guys. You know, he loses, but he, Seth's still looking strong. Yeah. It was it was a good match. Seth had a great performance. Of course, of course the feud could have been booked better. But Yeah. But the, the night of the actual big match... As what seems to be true of a lot of WWE events, like Raw sucks for four weeks, and then the pay-per-view is really good. So this was kind of a case of the story wasn't great. Jericho kind of carried a lot of it. Owens carried a lot of it. Seth was kind of put in the background, but the match delivered. 
So, Alo, what what are your thoughts on the Hell in a Cell match? Well, the well the match was was a good it was a good match. This it, it wasn't the best match. But like I said, Hell in a Cell was basically a three match show. It was really a triple main event. So we could have saw this a triple show, a, yeah. a triple match show, basically. So this was the second best ma- best match, the women's match of the match of the night, of course. I'm glad Jericho got involved because. This was all about Jericho. Like he was all over this feud until the last five minutes of Raw last week. Yeah. He in even a video package. He was all over the video package. It was mm-hmm. all about him. So I'm glad he got involved in the match. We were saying, what, like, what is he going to do? Why didn't you do the triple threat match here? But they didn't. But even at Hell in a Cell and on Raw, they didn't show any dissension between the two. It doesn't take anything anything away from Rollins because it was basically a handicap match. He was basically fighting two guys. It wasn't. It was for a, length, a lengthy amount of time. It wasn't just for like the last two minutes of the match. He was fighting them for at least half of that match. Mm-hmm. And the spots were executed well. And um, like I said, it made, it made Seth look strong. That, that table spot was awesome. That, oh, like, that was great. That was Teased new. for a while. Yeah. And it also, it kind of set up Survivor Series too because it set up Owens and Jericho as a team, and I'm sure we'll get to that when we talk about Raw. How about when KO kissed Jericho that, and he locked himself in the cell? Go, that, One of the moments of the night. That, that's why. That's why <laughs> Eric bought me this Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the, the biggest pops for me of the night was when Jericho locked himself in the cell and K.O. walked up and gave him a kiss. I thought that was awesome. Did, did they kiss again after the match? I don't know. I don't remember. I definitely don't remember that. They might have, but that moment to me, that was like one of the I was re-watching the, the Raw talk and Booker T kept uh, clowning them for the kiss. <laughs> they played a highlight of Jericho splitting the key when they were walking out. Or yeah. maybe that was walking in. I don't I would. I was driving and watching at the same time. But I don't recommend no one do, do that. Don't watch the WWE Network and drive at the same time. This is for professional drivers only. So you mentioned him spinning the key on his finger, which led to one of my favorite moments from Raw. And he called it the key of Jericho. Lock it in, man. The fact that he's finding new ways to use drink it in, man. We've had ink it in, man, and we've had lock it in, man. Jericho... I, if ever I was going to second guess myself for rearranging my Mount Rushmore for Chris Jericho, that you know eased my mind. Well, I'll sleep easy knowing he's on my. To Mount plug Rushmore. a good friend of the show, uh-huh. Joe Laugh did point out on his unsanctioned episode, he is in your own. Un- oh yeah. Rushmore, oh, so. he changed it. I did on a show. I, it was either last week or the it's week before. I made it a change. point. After speaking with Laugh, when he goes, he is on. Hearing you talk, he's on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because because um, oh yeah, you took Flair out. So yeah, because yeah, Laugh out. had enough Flair. Yeah, he likes Flair enough out. for both of us. Yeah. So, so I don't, I mean, I don't feel too Flair bad. At number one. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can still see the drool where you're sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, so we have the team of uh, of Jericho and Owens kind of confront Mick Foley. Because Mick Foley now needs them for the five-on-five Survivor Series match. Roman comes out. I guess the three of them on the spot were put in the Survivor Series match, right? What was that? The three of them on the spot when Roman Mm -hmm. came out? Yeah. Jericho got a U.S. title shot. I believe the only title he hasn't held, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of the SmackDown-specific titles, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like he's never been the SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Well, that... That's, a, that's all one thing. Even if he was, they wouldn't call it that because yeah. it's a new SmackDown championship. But has a match with Roman at the end of the night. I thought that they, they gave a great promo with Foley. Mm-hmm. Foley seems to be doing That's his new thing is just yelling at people. Yeah. I liked Jericho stealing the cheap pop <laughs> from Foley. Um, 
Roman had a match with Jericho. One of my favorite parts, I didn't like Raw, but just to get that out of the way, I didn't really like Raw at all this week. Of course you didn't. Um, but one of my favorite things about this episode was the fans actually chanting for Rollins at the end of the match, like just waiting for him to come yeah. out. Uh, Kevin Owens caused a disqualification. They lay down a beatdown to Roman Reigns, which you think is going to end the show. Rollins comes out, saves the day, does the two suicide dives out of the ring, which I thought was awesome. Standing in the ring at the end of the show with Roman while fans are chanting for the Shield, which I thought was great. Has Seth Rollins officially, finally made the babyface turner? Is he still on his way there? He's there. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, there. he's there. When they start chanting Shield, he, he's, there. <laughs> he's there. And he actually got screwed last night. Uh, yeah. Well, I held him. So he actually mm-hmm. got screwed, unlike a Clash of Champions. How long before we see uh, Seth and Roman tagging against the best friends? Well, I, I want a second tag title reign with them. <laughs> tag title well, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll probably get. Well, it's all about Survivor Series now, so I'm sure. Like that, that there's one spot left in the Survivor Series team, so I think Ro- it's kind of clear Rollins is going to get that spot. And um, I hope that's the case. I saw something online, and I, I hope that I hope it's Rollins. It, 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 I saw that, but that wouldn't make any sense. It would make zero sense. Yeah, because he already had Sammy. What was he saw? Because I haven't been looking. Because Sammy, it, it was reported WWE.com leaked the picture by mistake of the the Raw Survivor Series team. One spot left. They said it was Sami Zayn. But that wouldn't make sense because he just had an opportunity. And then you had Rollins right. interact with all, with, all, with all the three guys that's, that's already on the team. Correct. So that wouldn't make any sense. But I'll get, I'll get the same as they later. <laughs> but I think that this brings a whole new thing because now it's like, okay, we could probably get a tag match leading to Roadblock because it'll that'll be all about the universe tub. Maybe lead that into Roadblock, get the tag match leading to Roadblock. Maybe we can get a fatal four-way at Roadblock between all four of the guys. That would be awesome. And that will take you into January because, you know, Triple H will probably be back by then. He'll be back eventually. We know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I like that Jericho didn't overshadow Owens in the beginning of this promo because Owens was basically talking about last about the, the previous night at Hell in a Cell. And, um, and then Jericho, Jericho, I think Jericho, Jericho came in at the right time to, and they was kind of selling themselves to McFoley as a formidable team, yeah. team Chris and Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> either be on the Survivor Series team. So in a, in a, even on, even on a Raw talk, <laughs> there was um, even Roman Reigns was coming out coming out saying, "I got I got one shoulder, and I got another spot for another for another title." So you you you, you can kind of foresee that Roman Reigns is going to be yeah. God broad. made him broad. Yeah, God made him broad. <laughs> so you got to make so you got to make him so you got to think that Roman's going to be in the Universal Title picture in, in the in the next month after Survivor Series is over. So that actually leads me to a listener question. Oh, uh, one more thing. Yeah. Jer- when Jer- when Roman said, um, they sold out a jerk with stupid idiot costumes. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. That was, you know, yeah, he was really not happy. <laughs> no one would have been so good. I wanted Jericho to so bad. I'd be like, yeah, well, it was the best-selling costume of the year. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I just enjoyed that. Cost $150. Here, here's what I love about Jericho's reaction. <laughs> Jericho has made kind of like the dumbest things of such a big deal. Like, it. You're going to get it. Like, your name getting put on a, a meaningless list. Like, Xavier Woods being so upset. That Xavier, he's made such a big deal out of really little things like that. It's not meaningless, but being on that list is not going to affect you in any way. We don't know that yet. So, the fact that he's made such a big deal out of, like, mundane things, that him saying... 
Well, that Roman saying, you know, I wanted to dress up like Jericho, but they were, or they, I wanted to dress like a stupid idiot, but they were out of Jericho costume. That Jericho took that so personally <laughs> fits perfectly with everything he's been doing for like the last five months. That like he just gets that the smallest things just get him so worked up. So I loved that he was angry about it and didn't have a comeback for it. I thought it was perfect for his character. Costume cost seven hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> of course, it is. like everything, everything involving Jericho and Owens cost seven hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, question from good friend of the show, Joe Lafferty. I feel bad for Owens. Do you think Jericho causes a loss or turns on him at Survivor Series, or is Roman Reigns next in line? So, what do you guys think about that? Do you think Jericho turns on Owens and ends up with his own title shot, or do you think Reigns is the next one? To get a universal title shot, I don't think Jericho turns on Owens because there wasn't any anything to break those two up, even at Hell in a Cell even, and, and on Raw. Jerk Owens actually helped Jericho this week yeah. instead of the week prior when he just left him in the ring. Right. So I don't think I don't think that's gonna that's any problem between those two. And now with Rollins, Rollins and Reigns, that brings a whole new whole new, whole new dynamic. Like I said, maybe we could lead to a fatal four way or a triple threat, or you just or you just or you just move Rain, Rain, Roman Reigns into the picture. But I don't think that'll turn into any um. Dissension and Jericho crossing in the match. So you don't see Jericho turning on no. him anytime soon. How about you, Eck? I see it happening eventually. I think overall, one of the prediction are that I don't see it costing the match. Um, I believe Jericho has cost enough five-on-five tag team uh, matches to end because of him, <laughs> or you know, losses because of him. Uh, I, outside the box, I think because there is going to be a singles. SmackDown versus Raw match, and I see SmackDown going over in that match. I thought last night when I heard that, I immediately assumed right from that the main Raw versus SmackDown match Raw is going to go over. My honest opinion, just because hmm. of that. Okay, I could get, I get behind that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like I don't know if they'd put Roman out there on that post game show. To say, hey, I'm I'm coming for the other title. If he wasn't actually doing it, yeah, they want that's the spot where they want him. He's kind of taken his medicine long enough now, where I wouldn't be surprised if they were ready to throw him back out there, and especially because he's getting the reaction that they want now. He said it himself. Uh, I think um, Booker said to him, he said, you know, I never heard such the deli- such a loud chorus of boos for anybody before. You mean shooter T? Yeah, shooter T. <laughs> But he said that's the, and Roman said to him, that's the key word, the loudest. Like, I was getting the loudest reaction. Whether they boo me, whether they cheer me, I'm getting the loudest reaction. That's what Vince wants. So I think Vince is probably ready to, to you know, slingshot him back into the Universal title picture. Bravely, Roman. <laughs> now, what did you guys, I'll real quick give my thoughts on the U.S. title Hell in a Cell match. I thought it was good for that title to get put in that spot that they were fighting over over that title in a Hell in a Cell. I didn't think that feud warranted a Hell in a Cell match. And I thought it was a good a good enough match. I thought both guys performed well, but it was just way too long. It did not need to... I think it was like a 25-minute match. It did not need to be that long. Uh, with that, that's all I have left to say about Roman and Rusev. Either of you guys want to jump in and give your thoughts on that match. I, I will interject first, if you don't mind, best friend. Yeah. Um, I think overall, <laughs> after watching that match, I thought it was great to start the night. Um, almost after you watch the full show, it's one of those moments where it's like, eh, you know what? You know what? It, the, the night's over, or the match is over, and it's like, 
the other the other matches outshine it. However, I didn't think it was a bad match. Maybe it did go on too long. It definitely wasn't think, bad. It I was do good. Think, I it do just think was there like was it could have been it could have been like six been minutes shorter. I think there were spots in it that just keep even though it lost even though Rusev lost, he still looked strong. Mm-hmm. He did some strong spots with the cell as usual. Um, aside from, you know, or no, I'm sorry, I said on the cell. Um, <laughs> he did some strong spots with the steps. Yeah. But you know, he, he goes on, he looks strong, and I think they need to keep it going that way. I know you're saying the, the few didn't warrant a cell match. At the end of the day, you know, the U.S. title being put in a cell, I love that. Just because, you know, me being a mark for championships and all that. Yeah. First time ever. They didn't, you know, Michael Cole, congrats to him. He actually does something decent for once. He, what is know, that? I'm really curious to see what Michael Cole did decent. Three, three or four weeks going up into this, they never mentioned a U.S. title has never been mm. defended. In the cell, um, he's still there's, there's never been. <laughs> it's either been a blood feud or a world title or a chance at a world title in a cell. This is, the intercontinental titles never been defended in there. Tag titles, I don't believe no. tag titles never been de- you know defended in a cell. So U.S. title, I mean, that's something that's going to boost the stock up in that belt, if you ask me. Um, I do think it warranted a cell if you think about how long these two have been feuding. Um, it's one of those good things where I'm happy, you know, co-host Joey was wrong about the feud because he thought Rusev was going to win. If Rusev wins, the feud's got to continue. Roman needs his rematch. This is a cell supposed to end the feud. Roman goes over. He, Rusev, you know, you're back on a bus. You know, maybe when a babyface is winning the US Universal title, he can, he can get some play at that. Yeah. But, Right now, Roman can move on to other things with that belt. Yeah, I agree. Alo, your thoughts on this Hell in a Cell match? I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> the feud or that match? Both. 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 <laughs> seen that the, the match was. <laughs> I know my best friend. <laughs> the match wasn't bad. It's just the fact that. I think all three of us said both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the match wasn't bad. It's just it was one of the it was the third best Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. But like I said, the ma- yeah, it, it, that was one of the things. Not to cut you off, it, it was you know. In reverse chronological order, that is how the, the cells yeah. went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the match wasn't, the triple main event wasn't bad. <laughs> but I think that both these guys they have such similar styles. So this match was kind of fit perfect for them. So they would just pound on each other the entire match. I'm just glad, I'm glad it was over because Rusev didn't seem as a threat to beat Roman Reigns to me at all. The spots were executed well. I think um, the chain spot on top of the steps, putting the accolade with the chain mm-hmm. in his face, that was great. I know you the hit, Cena spot. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You, I know you hit the kendo stick spot because you can't. I ain't gonna time in a time in a ropes. You gonna hit him, hit him on the side with a kendo stick. Hit him with a bulletproof vest. Hit him as bulletproof, yeah, bulletproof, <laughs> bulletproof vest. I was glad it's used over because I don't gotta watch this anymore. Now I can see Roman Reigns actually do more important things instead of deal with Rusev. Right. Um, and we like Rusev on the show, by the way. We do. I'm a big fan of Rusev, but this this feud was ultimately didn't turn out to be the best thing for Rusev. So hopefully there's something good for him in the future. Um, tag team division. New Day goes over Cesaro and Sheamus. They got New Day got themselves DQ'd just before Xavier was tapping to the sharpshooter. Um, Question. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had a mark out. Are you going to ask what I think you're going to ask? I have to ask my sharpshooter connoisseur. Okay. (laughs) How is Cesaro sharpshooter? So, Cesaro doesn't do the best sharpshooter. But But better than The Rock. Way better than The Rock. (laughs) Uh, He does does a good sharpshooter. 
So I don't know if I ever asked this. Uh -huh. Do you not like The Rocks because he looks like he's in as much pain as the person receiving the move? What is it about him? I don't like The Rocks because one, he doesn't do it right. <laughs> Hell, his is, is borderline a Texas cloverleaf. What's what's supposed to happen in a sharpshooter is similar to a figure four. The shin of one leg, or the shin slash ankle of one leg, is supposed to be in the back of the knee of the other leg. So it's in the shape of a four, and then you're pulling the other the, the leg back. The Rock was holding both legs at one time, which is not a that's not a sharpshooter. Um, it's almost like a it's almost like a pinched Boston crab. Um, if you watch Bret Hart, the foot was always locked into the back of the knee. Even if you watch Shawn Michaels, admittedly not the best sharpshooter in the world, he had the ankle locked behind Bret Hart's knee. The Rock did not do that. And even after years of doing it, never got that part of it right. The other reason I don't like the Rock sharpshooter is it should have been used solely in that Survivor Series match because it was what? That was like the year <laughs> one after. Year, one year later. It was a year after the Montreal screw job. I get it being like a callback to the year before. It was a four. It was a four. It was a huge, it was a huge, huge thing happened. He's with teamed with the corporation. It makes sense. Yeah, he shouldn't have kept doing it. It shouldn't have been a move that he now has in his repertoire. It should have been one time. That should have been the end of it. So that's why I don't like the Rock Sharpshooter. He doesn't do it right, and he should not have kept it. In Just for our listeners that if they never understood, I want yes. you to break it down. To them. That's why Cesaro does a decent Sharpshooter. So, it does a passable Sharpshooter. So rewind like thirty. And I like that. It, I like that. Yeah, and I like that it is a. Uh, it's like an homage to Tyson Kidd, who's his buddy, who unfortunately can't wrestle anymore. So I like that he's left it in as like a shout out to Tyson Kidd, who unfortunately can't go anymore. So was that Vintage Pash? It was, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, was it? Vintage Pash. <laughs> That's what Michael Cole would have called it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> WWE, Vintage Pash. Uh, well, speaking of Cesaro, what yeah. did you guys think of the tag match? The tag match I thought was good. It was good. good I, I even liked the finish of it because it made a lot of sense. Yeah. That they're supposed to be two formidable guys. The New Day is not supposed to lose the tag titles yet. But they made Sheamus and Zara look strong while keeping the belts on the team that is going to keep them for the next whatever it is, 40 days. Yeah, I caught that finish because I said that I don't think you would have these guys go through a best of 25 series and have them do it for nothing. So right. I think they'll beat them at Roblox. End up beating them at Roblox. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was perfectly fine. I thought the match was good. Yeah, I mean, everybody in, the, in that match, you know, can work in the ring. Mm -hmm. I think I even said to, it might have been you, Eric, that no, or it might have been you. I don't know how good Xavier is. How people don't realize how good Xavier Woods really is. Well, when you see and then me, my best friend mentioned, well, when you see me, you watching see, TNA. Yeah, yeah like, Consequences yeah, Creed. Well, when you see me, you see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's how good of friends you are. Is you have started to look identical to me. I can't tell you apart. I feel like He's I'm not doing the this only show. traveling European <laughs> champion. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting here doing the show with one unit. <laughs> Every day when I'm selling cars, I'm defending that European <laughs> title for my best friend. I'm, I'm, I'm delivering selling European cars, and I'm still yeah. doing it. I'm delivering mail and selling Hondas. <laughs> <laughs> All at once. All at once. <laughs> so together, you guys make a great postal worker and a great car salesman. You know what? When you think about it, not only are we the world's <laughs> best best friends. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're better friends than Owens and Jericho? Oh, that's... 
Team Mechanela. <laughs> That's a fact. I almost think we're, we have potential to be the world's greatest tag team. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so how, how do we find this out? Call the big day. Yeah, I think they might take exception to that. They, ha- they have those straps. They do. Huh. All right. Well, another day. When we get the big day in here, nobody out there knows who the big day is yet. I want to keep it that way. Uh-huh. You'll find out who they are soon enough. What are the vignettes? Yeah, yeah, when the vignettes start, you'll find out who the big day is. You're right. We do have to do vignettes for them. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Um, Just know he's six foot five, and you can't <laughs> teach that. You, you really can't. Yeah, can't teach that. I wish you could. Yeah, genetics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tag match was good. All the guys in the ring were great. I thought the finish was good. I thought Xavier was the perfect guy to be tapping. And it was good to keep the belts on them. Uh, Gallows and Anderson beat Enzo and Cass. Uh, that led to Raw, where we had... The New Day just did basically the three faces of Excellent. Charles Wright. Excellent. They did Excellent. Kama from The Nation of Domination. They did Papa Shango. And they did The Godfather. All Charles Wright characters. Excellent. I thought it was brilliant. Excellent. Uh, they were basically hyping up the Survivor Series match, correct? Yeah. Um, that was a highlight of Raw. By yeah, me. I fast-forwarded through the Enzo versus Gallows match. I know Enzo won. Do you see his Buzz Lightyear outfit? I So I watched the promo. Okay. Um, I did enjoy the Buzz Lightyear outfit. I did enjoy the, the Woody outfit yeah. on Big Cass. <laughs> I thought the promo was good. I fast-forwarded through the match because, like I've said numerous times, I don't need to see an Enzo singles match. Well, good. Since you fast-forwarded through it, I seen the ending, but I was doing 100 things at the same time. You watched the match? Yeah, they made the club look horrible again. (laughs) As much as they made them look horrible? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, Gallows did kind of botch putting the pumpkin on his head. Yeah, they did not get that. Yeah. All right, he didn't get that on his head, but did Enzo even touch him at that finish move? I don't even remember. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't yeah, good at all. It wasn't. Um, I'm going to shoot from the hip and say my, my in-ring work may be better. <laughs> uh, it's probably not worse. <laughs> I'll give you... I've never seen you work in the ring, but not knowing what Just you're capable streets. of... Yeah, well, not knowing what you're capable of in the ring, I'll say it's probably not worse. Well, you're no Bray Wyatt. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Excellent in-ring technician. Um... We had Sheamus and Cesaro in a throwaway against the Shining Stars. I fast-forwarded that, too. I'm going to admit right now, I probably am fast-forwarding through like at least a third of Raw at this point. At least you're able to fast-forward. I'll watch it live. <laughs> yeah, I don't. For that reason. One, I don't want to sit through the commercials. Two, that's the only good thing about working until 9 or Monday. <laughs> was that you don't have to watch it live? Exactly. That's the, only, that's the only time I get to watch it is live. I'm not going to time to watch it after that. I typically will not start Raw before 9-10. Because I know I'm going to fast forward through every commercial, and I know I'm probably going to fast forward through at least another 30 to 40 minutes of the show itself. Uh, we had nothing else in the tag division. Well, we did. Hopefully, have... there's a day. Vince, for for Joe, I'll say Paul <laughs> uh, and Steph. Hopefully, there's a day we don't want to fast forward, where we almost enjoy the commercials. Hopefully, there'll be less commercials. Specifically in reference to SmackDown. I agree with you about that. Um, Tag division on Raw is kind of where it's been for a while. 
Most of it, I don't even really feel the need to watch. The bet, the, the fact that the best part of the tag division was the Papa Shango, comma, <laughs> that was so good. Godfather promo tells you everything you need to know about the Raw Tag Team Division. But I'll be, I'm, I'm excited to see Cesaro and Sheamus actually go for, go, go, um, their process into the, to the tag team titles. I, well, I me think too. Good team, because I, I think that's the best spot for Cesaro to be in the tag team. It is. He, he was at his best with Tyson Kidd. I think that's the best spot for Sheamus. I don't necessarily think. I think Cesaro. I think they dropped the ball. They should have kept him on Heyman, or at least oh, no, kept him no, on no, that, that wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good, but he needs a mouthpiece. I don't yeah, need a mouthpiece. The, the and as much as he may good. say he can talk, he can't. No. The reason why it wasn't good is because... You call me. Well, because he was always playing second place to Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd bring out Cesaro and still say, I'm the advocate of Brock Lesnar. So Cesaro immediately is already, you know, devalued in the eyes of people watching. Yeah, that's the most imp- That's the most I ever cared about Cesaro was when he was with Tyson Kidd. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, that you're excited about the two of them because, one, I think sometimes that's the best thing you can do with two guys like that. They can't get anything going on their own. You put them together and maybe they can do something. So I, I think that they have potential, but one of the biggest, the biggest crowd reactions of the night was during the Battle Royal when Cesaro eliminated Sheamus. Mm-hmm. So that tells you that the people in the arena are at least somewhat invested in that story between the two of them. Yeah. If Cesaro eliminates Sheamus and there's crickets, it's like, okay, why do you have these two guys together? Nobody cares. But the fact that that happened and the crowd popped for it, that tells me that they have something with that. And well, you, you can tell just by when they, they take the turns throwing each other's arms up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, th- that will go somewhere, assuming WWE runs with it. <laughs> Is that still the best $10 you ever spent, it's by the way? Best $10. All right, good. Um, cruiserweights. TJ Perkins gets a rematch with Kendrick. Kendrick gets himself counted out. We see a different side of TJ Perkins after the match. Red hot. We don't see the Apollo Crews version of TJ Perkins <laughs> smiling and laughing and joking around. Whose voice is deeper, TJP or Apollo Crews? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That that's a photo finish right there. Uh, but we got to see like the edge to TJ Perkins. We got to see a little anger. Booker T mentioned that on Raw Talk after Hell in a Cell that TJ Perkins maybe doesn't want it enough. T.J. Perkins appeared to want it pretty bad after he didn't win it back on Monday Night Raw. I don't know if T.J. wins it back the next opportunity. I have no idea what's going to happen with that Cruiserweight title. But they added a new layer to T.J. Perkins' character, which to me can only be good for him. Because I think, I feel like they could do something with him if they invest in developing that character. You can't, this is my my worry with the Cruiserweight division is that they're going to rely on these guys are really good in the ring so that's good enough and it's not uh, I guess I'll go two directions with it uh, one I think they went that direction with uh, I don't I don't want to give them all the credit and we're, we've mentioned them twice already tonight and we're going to do it again Booker T shot at him he said he's soft he was there t- he just said you yeah. know Shooter he's, t- he, he's like the kid's soft <laughs> this is what I think blah 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 shot him down shot him down he wasn't even there and you know he came out he was aggressive he was strong the count out he doesn't get the belt, and he goes out there, and he puts him in a submission hole. So they're at, you're right. They're adding another layer. I'm going to go, and I'm going to step up, and I almost hate doing it. I hate almost defending the product. But I'll give WWE at least the credit for the Cruiserweight division, where I understand what you're saying right there. Mm-hmm. 
the thing I do like, we, we've been for almost as long as the show's been on, we've been complaining about theirs, whether it's the brand split and before the brand split. Imagine, they had all the, that whole roster together, and you would have the women's or divas title. They would have a segment, and you wouldn't see any other women's wrestlers. Right. You would Now you have the brand split, and we're always arguing about there's the women's title, and then there's not a second story. Well, at least if it's not a story, you get something with the cruiserweight champion, and then you get whether it's a two-on-two two traditional tag or it's a three-on-three three six-man tag. You get something else with the cruiserweight. Yeah. Whether there's necessarily a storyline, no, but you do know they're getting Drew put Gulak, on TV. You, you know, you know he's a heel. You know our boy Tony Nese. You know he's a heel. The other guy, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know his name. Uh, you know he's a heel. The Middle Eastern guy, he he's a heel. So the, you got something where no, Davari, Davari, Davari. You, you got you got guys that come out that are gonna get pops. Obviously, Sin Cara is gonna be a baby face. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, who I'm a fan of, he, he's a baby face. Cedric Swan, baby face. They're coming out. They're putting on awesome shows. Uh, whether it's a pre-show for paper. You wonder how you know how Rich Swan is good? Because he's going over. Because laugh. Texted myself and Paul Carboni. Oh, and myself. Matt Mann is unsanctioned fame. He texted you as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Laugh. That the rich <laughs> that the Rich Swan entrance is one of his favorite things happening on Raw right now. And also yeah. Angel loves it. Does she really? <laughs> I wonder if Can she handle it? <laughs> Besides her handling, can Laugh handle it? I wanna know if he will, I wanna know if he will mimic it the same way he mimics our truth entrance. Uh, we'll have to find out. That's well, a good question for well, maybe the next episode. Well, does he need a tan to do the dance? <laughs> well, I can tell by the visual of... Uh, that he didn't go tanning? I thought he did go tanning on the first one. Did he? No, no. Do you think so? See, I wasn't paying I attention. I saw him Friday. Right. He didn't seem tan, but it was cold. All right, so we have we have Ek2Fly believing that for a good friend of the show, Joe Lafferty, went tanning for his first episode of Unsanctioned. Spoiler we have an unnamed, we have an unnamed member in the studio who is confirming that he definitely tanned. <laughs> for his so we'll have to go to the source as soon as we can to find out if he did in fact go tanning. For uh, I'll receive a text from this Unsanctioned. Before <laughs> tomorrow. He'll yell at me on my lunch break tomorrow because we take lunch. Me and take lunch at the same time. <laughs> Well, I'm curious to see what you guys find out. By 1.30, you will have a, a definite answer. <laughs> a definitive answer. Well, back to the main topic at hand. Obviously, with the Cruiserweight division, I, I hope it does continue. I, I, my biggest complaint, and it, it's something like what they do with the women's title. They act like there was never, ever, ever a Cruiserweight title. But, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. I, I think TJ Perkins... He has high potential in the company. You know, Shooter T, Booker T, mm-hmm. five times, sucker this, blah, 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 blah. He wants to say he's soft, understood. He, he went out there 24 hours later, and he proved maybe he's I'm not soft. soft. It seems like the internet loves him. You know, I, I've read someone put today, you know, my patience with WWE is an all-time high for TJ Perkins' merchandise. Because, you know, people love the guy. His entrance is the best. That That's one of the most creative... Like well thought out things they've done in the last year is TJ Perkins' entrance music and all the graphics for his opening. Well, did, you say you didn't hear his podcast with Jericho. I did not. No. Well, he talked about that. He went to 
he went above and beyond to come yeah. up with that. Yeah, he did because like he like the the, um, the people the video department even said we've been waiting to do something like this for the longest time. <laughs> like, to yo, we we have yeah. we've been having our hands tied for so long. We're so glad somebody let us. <laughs> yeah, do yeah, 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 like because like he's like like he's in the gaming, so he's like okay, we've been waiting to do this for the longest time, and that's what they were talking about. He's like, if you have any more ideas like this, come to us because they're all gamers, so they're really into it. So yeah, that's what he said on Jer- on the Jericho podcast, which is cool. Like I, I like that he did something that they were actually excited. You could tell that they were yeah. excited to do it because it comes across great on TV every yeah. week. Um, I thought the match was good. The pay-per-view or the Raw the pay-per-view, match? Pay-per-view match. The Raw match, like... The pay-per-view match was good, not to cut you off, but the thing that bothered me was the crowd was... You could have heard a pin drop in that arena during that match. Yeah. I'll, they I'll, did not care at all. I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> so, the pay-per-view match was good. We were talking before the match started... I, my best friend asked how the match is going to end, and I told him, I was like, I think that Kendrick's going to do something and TJ will feel sorry for him and he'll just roll him up or something like that. It was similar. He just got got him in the bully choke or whatever the captain's hook, whatever they call it. Captain's hook, yeah. They so don't want to use the word bully. Yeah, yeah. So 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 they tapped him out. So he tapped out to that. And then on next time on Raw, I thought that was brilliant. Like, even his promo was excellent, mm-hmm. saying... I just baited you in. I use you. I knew. I know. I, I know you have feelings, mm-hmm. and I just. I, I just use. I just use you to feel sorry for me, and I know I can take advantage of you. That was great. Like that explained his character, and he actually thought about the whole process. Even on raw talk <laughs> with, with Shooter T, he, he he said, "I'm smart. I had a plan." Yeah. The man with the plan, but <laughs> but um, going back to raw. And um, when they but um, when they were outside the ring going for Kana, I thought that was great too because mm-hmm. he was smart, and that's the thing, his whole thing. He's being he's going to be smarter now. So throwing TJP in the ring before the ten count, it was great. And then he was like, okay, if I don't get in the ring, I get disqualified, but I still keep my title. So I thought that was great as well. And then going to Raw, you have this three hour show, and oh, it's only three hours. Yeah, only three hours on Monday <laughs> night. Goes fifteen minutes over before Chrissy knows best comes on. Ah. Uh. <laughs> as much as I've disliked Raw the last month, uh, I I'd watch Raw for ten hours before I'd watch one second of Chris Lee. Really? I hate it. I find it hysterical. You know what? <laughs> and I'll, I'll reveal something about myself right now. Okay. I consider myself to be a very progressive, like well thought out human being <laughs> who does not judge anybody based on anything superficial, like the color of their skin. You know what God they worship. What country they come from, I I judge people based on how they treat me and the people around me. And I've even had people say, like, I've been worked up about things in the past. Like Donald Sterling, when he used the N-word and he got kicked out of the NBA. And people told me, oh, you're only mad because he's talking about a group you're not prejudiced against. And I said, I'm not prejudiced against any group. I realized there is a group I'm prejudiced against, <laughs> and it is people who have an overwhelming southern accent. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> I find that show... And I, I hate to admit that I do have a prejudice, but I hear that southern accent, and I'm almost immediately, like, just... I, I, I don't like it. Me and Angel watch that show every time. It's so you, funny. You and I have nothing in common. We can't talk. I don't want to know you. We can't it. talk. <laughs> I find that show hysterical. <laughs> I, I can't do it. But all right, so they have this three-hour show. <laughs> yeah. So now you 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 give you just throw these guys into a throw these guys into a sec two couple one or two segments on the show. There's no character development between the two. But so they go out and 
make this new show on Thursdays at what, nine, is it 9 or 10 o'clock on WWE Network on Thursdays? No, I'm not even called sure. Called 205 Live. So hopefully this actually gives us, they have an hour, it's going to be taped before SmackDown, but the Raw show is, is still going to be, well, the Cruiserweight is still going to be exclusive to Raw. So hopefully this gives some, gives these guys some kind of character development because there hasn't been any. There's only one character in the division is Brian Kendrick and, Pro, and Rich Swan, TJP's a video game guy. But that's not even really a character, character because he's got these problems over video games like I got these lives and mm-hmm. you got to quit, you got to hit quit and all that other stuff. It's it's not good, but let's, let's just hope there's some character development. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've been listening to, to Russo's podcast. Right? I have not listened to any podcast other than I haven't listened to any podcast in at least two months. Okay, well you'll surely listen to this one, but <laughs> yeah, I digress. But um, Russo ain't getting five minutes of my time. Okay, <laughs> it's comedic purposes. <laughs> That's why I have you as my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should see our text by his feet. <laughs> but um, he was right. Ra- he started reviewing his Nitro episodes. So, as you know, Nitro at that point was three hours long. Mm-hmm. And he was just, his first, he started, his, he did his first episode last week of it. And he was just raving about how there was so much going on on those three hours of Nitro. He didn't re- review the whole thing in one episode. I went and watched it. There is a lot going on compared to Raw's three hours mm-hmm. where nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. So I, with him, him on that point, I agree with, because there was so it, everything was quick and fast. There were vignettes, there were little, little teeny tiny promos in there. There was a lot going on compared to Raw. There, like there wasn't no like twenty five minute promo or twenty minute long match, but there was just constantly things going on. That was it's just one episode now, but there was actually things going on. Well, I'd love if Raw could give me one episode where things were going. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> so I I agree with you on that. Um, the last thing we can mention... Do you have anything else to say about the Cruiserweights? No. Okay. Um, I guess before we get to the last point on Raw, we have to give first time ever, brand new segment on the show, introduced by friend of the show, Joe Lafferty, the, oh my God, the John Cena match of the night award for the match of the night on a pay-per-view. Ayla, I'll go to you first. What do you think was the match of the night at Hell in a Cell? Sasha Banks versus Charlotte. Was it even close? No. Act two fly, your match of the night. You're oh my god, John Cena, match of the night from what? Hell in a Cell. I, I already said it. Uh the main event. Charlotte. The last main event. Sasha yeah. <laughs> was the match of the night. I will echo those sentiments. I don't, I don't even you guys probably both know no matter what they did out there, that was gonna be my match of the night. Oh fact. So my <laughs> my vote for the oh my god John Cena match of the night award goes to the the, the, first, the first first ever women's hell in a cell match, the first women's pay-per-view main event. The new women's champion, Charlotte against the boss, Sasha Banks. Thought they went out there, they did everything we could have Hoped that they would do. Did the women's division proud. Probably pushed the women's division even further forward. And that was without a doubt the match of the night. The oh my god, John Cena match of the night. So, moving on to SmackDown. I know neither of the two people here with me are big fans of James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth opened the show 
on Tuesday. Yeah. I think like you. Uh-huh. Well, you like him a little bit, right? I like him a lot. I didn't get his shirt yet like you are. I have it. <laughs> but I like him more. You, you and I saw him at Icons of Wrestling, and I was just kind of like snickered like, this, what are he doing here? Now I'm really mad I ain't get a selfie with him. <laughs> what up, James? Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my feeling has always been... Having a chillest picture. <laughs> yeah, my That's feeling... That's wasn't it? <laughs> Not you. I was about to say, my chin covers Not up you. him. I got Not enough you. chin to go for him for a week. Never one chin <laughs> in picture. So much like laugh likes flare enough for the both of us, you have enough chin for you and James Ellsworth, is yes. what you're saying. Yes. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if you shared it with him. Um, sure, he wouldn't creep. <laughs> so James Ellsworth to me has always been—he's a guy who's out there busting it on the independent scenes, his own promotion. He's like the side of wrestling that you don't see, and now you get to see him. Like, I think I said to you the day we were at House of Hardcore, I said, "Do you think three weeks ago that guy ever thought he'd be at a signing where people actually wanted to go up and talk to him?" No. And now he gets on Raw one time, gets squashed by Braun Strowman. He makes a goofy face. He gives a weird promo with Byron Saxton. And now all of a sudden he goes Shot to one the of these. Head. Yeah. That was all him. That was natural. Yeah. He, he's funny. He's got a weird enough look that he doesn't look like anything else you've seen on Raw or SmackDown. He's a guy who just like loves the fact that he's where he is. And to me that comes across. A lot of his emotion that he shows, you can tell that it's real. And anyone who was not, like, the coolest guy in their high school can relate to the way James Ellsworth talks to Dean Ambrose. <laughs> like, he loves the idea that he gets to be to try to be friends with Dean. Like, the, the, the whole opening of the show was him apologizing to Dean Ambrose for costing him the match last week. That was the theme of the show. It was the whole show. Um, Dean, you know, forgives him. He still can't stop apologizing. AJ comes out, is at, you know, his phenomenal best. He tries to turn Ellsworth against Dean. So good. Saying, you know, he doesn't respect you, he doesn't like you, he's using you. I think Ellsworth has been, like, a really good, like, kind of like the the dividing point between Dean and AJ. Like, AJ brought him out there himself three weeks ago. As if, like, hey, I'm going to give this guy a shot, when really AJ's feeling is, like, I'm going to kill this guy because he can't compete with me. Whereas Dean has sort of embraced him and kind of uplifted him. Now it's almost the opposite, where AJ's, like, trying to split the two of them up. Ellsworth is kind of apologizing all night. Brian said, Daniel Bryan says he's not allowed at ringside for the match. He's going to give Dean another shot at AJ. But you're forbidden to go anywhere near ringside. For some reason, Ellsworth is still begging Dean, can I still be in your corner? And he's like, no, that's the, the whole point of the whole thing. Why don't you go eat some Halloween candy? You're not allowed to be out, out at ringside. He actually sends him out the exit, tells him, you know, any man with two hands can call an Uber to get <laughs> home and get out of here. As luck would have it, Ambrose and AJ are in the middle of their match, and Ellsworth makes his way down to the ring. Almost caused Dean to match again. Gets chased out by security. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone run away from security so slow before than I saw James Ellsworth do. He ends up coming back. AJ, actually, this might have been my favorite moment of SmackDown. 
is when AJ is on ring, the ring apron waiting to give the phenomenal forearm to Dean, and he can't help himself but to jump off the ring apron to just shoulder block Ellsworth over the announce table. Like, the ultimate, like, high school bully move. Like, I'm just going to knock this guy over. Then it costs him the match. He goes to do the phenomenal forearm. Ambrose is ready for it. He hit the, the double arm DDT, right? The Dirty Deeds. Mm-hmm. Gets the pin. Ellsworth gets scraped up, off, scraped up off the floor by security and dragged up the ramp, smiling the whole time because he has finally made it up to Dean Ambrose. Ambrose holds him up at the end. He couldn't be happier. Ambrose lets him go, and he immediately falls down. I enjoy how much D, uh, James Ellsworth sells <laughs> the beating. That's the good. The best like thing I does. can't even stand up. I'm just getting thrown around like I'm, you know, a fifth grader. That's the here. best thing he does. <laughs> did, I mean, did you That's at least enjoy him to do? Did you at least enjoy him getting dragged up the ramp, yes. smiling? That, the whole that time? was and then Ambrose picked him up, like good boy, and dropped him. That was great. That yeah, was. Yeah, great. I thought the overall segment was good. It was better than the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's better. It was the better because better than the last couple of weeks because now it's assumably over because now it's all about Survivor Series and the matches now official at. TLC, they're going to get Ambrose and um, AJ. And the story finally makes sense because we were saying last week, we don't know what they think. We don't know. We don't. We don't. We think that we don't. They don't even know what the hell they're doing themselves. Right. Because this, this, like, why is this guy still on TV? It made sense. So I think he I, got a good pop though. When he, he came out. He had entrance music. <laughs> so I think that story. And a Titantron. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think this, the story between these three have come, has ended and. We can get forward to Survivor Series, and then after that, it's probably two, three weeks to TLC. So it could be, it could go back to being all about Ambrose and AJ Styles, because this was all about Dean Ambrose getting under, under the skin of AJ Styles. And I think did Ambrose, did um, Ellsworth need to be well, James Ellis like Dasha Fuentes <laughs> need to get involved. I'm happy to see her on SmackDown. Though. Yeah, did you, I, was, I, was I like seeing her, but she an asshole for that. Well, <laughs> She's, well, better, she was, she, she's better than the other two. Is there Kathy Kelly and the other girl? They are yeah, horrible. She is. And Dasha Fuentes was the team leader of the group I was in for the live show they did at the performance really? center. Because I was basically she was in charge of anyone who was doing interviews mm-hmm. post match. Uh, her and Greg Hamilton, who was mm-hmm. still in NXT at the time. He's horrible too. Yeah, but she <laughs> don't uh, think. Yeah, neither one of them are think. <laughs> no one's think. Uh, I'm think. Yeah, but she she was at Very NXT well. at the time. She was like the second interviewer. Mm-hmm. I think she really was kind of just doing ring announcing at the time. Yeah. Um, but she gave like some good advice about giving interviews. She was like super welcoming to everybody that was in her group. Mm-hmm. She was a lot of fun to be around. Uh, so it's cool. Like that was a cool thing about being at the performance center. It's a lot of those people that I was there with are people that I don't know if I'll ever see them on TV again. Mm-hmm. And she's somebody that's like, oh, it's cool. I, I met her over a year ago. Mm-hmm. She kind of helped me do the segment that I had to do mm-hmm. at the live show at the Performance Center. And now she's on SmackDown. It's, it's kind of cool to see. She did call him James Ellis, though. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't Ambrose like, James Ellis? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm, I think the story's, en- the story's ended, and I, now we can move forward to... Um, AJ and Dan at TLC in the Survivor Series. And the thing about the Survivor Series team is there are feuds in between these teams. It's not, it's not a full baby face team. It's not a, it's not a full heel team. So I like that because I don't even have to actually coexist. We'll get to that when we get to the women's division too. Mm-hmm. I think that's real, that's real intriguing as well. It is very intriguing. Um, women's division, we have Becky Lynch defending her women's title against Alexa Bliss 
this coming week. On SmackDown, week. yes. November 8th, I yep. believe it is. Mm-hmm. I have been waiting for this match for what, like a month and a half? Yes, I have. Yes, you have. <laughs> I have too. Alexa Bliss continues to get better every week. She's awesome. She really is. I I I don't want to say I hate saying it, but you guys have been glorified fans of her since I would almost say since the the brand split, mm-hmm. and I didn't like her at the brand split. I just I knew she was better than Blake and Murphy. I knew she was you know being drugged down by them. I thought she got called up early. I think she has leaped miles and miles and miles from where she was when the brand split happened. I think she is definitely getting good. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's her she, promos are good. Her in ring work is good. I can never say enough how she. I believe she's the smallest woman ever to be in on the WWE main roster. Mm-hmm. Was she five four? She's I don't like, even think she's that. I think she's like five one. Oh, she's small. Like when she bounces into the ropes, it's like up to her. Because she said on Talking Smack one time, I think she's like five four or something like that. Yeah, I didn't even think she was that tall. But she carries herself in a way where you don't see her as being as small as she is. Becky and Carmella had a match against Nikki and Becky. I liked it. Uh, Becky or that Alexa has been using the DDT the last couple weeks. Goddamn! DDT won a goddamn match. <laughs> you haven't seen the DDT win a match since Jake the Snake Roberts, probably. Not true. You Who was Dean? Uh, okay, on you're DDT. right. Well, so yeah. Are we really gonna separate those like what that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll separate. Because this is a plain DDT. Demon double arm DDT. Because you you see a standard DDT like three times a match. And Mm -hmm. it it doesn't even cause a two count. Triple H has retained the world title with a DDT. When? Uh, Monday Uh, Night Raw against Harvey Day. mm -hmm. On a chair. No, uh, (laughs) on the stage. All right. So it it was not in the ring. Two different, but... But I digress. Damn good match. It was a very quick tag team match. The promo afterwards, I thought it was great. Everything's quick. I loved her and Carmella together. It's awesome. Yeah, they were just shooting on everybody. Even even Carmella shooting on. That promo was Mm -hmm. phenomenal afterwards. Yeah, it was better than the match. Yeah, which is the most important thing at this point. If you can sell something with a promo, like you're doing the right thing. You don't even have to good. You don't even have to have good matches if you can give a great promo. The two of them, yeah. Shooting on the Raw women, shooting on women on their own roster they're going to have to team with at Survivor Series. I think that they did an unbelievable job. Um, I can't wait to see this women's title match next week. Do either of you think there's any chance that Alexa wins the women's title next week? No, I, uh, if uh, whatever the hell his name is that hates Becky Lynch doesn't want her to you know, touch the yeah. microphone, and, her, and, her accent. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Part her accent. To me, that's part of her charm. Exactly. That's actually one of my favorite Sasha Banks promo moments. Is uh, at one point in NXT, they were in the locker room. This is when they were hanging out together. They started to turn on each other, and Becky says to Sasha, "Seeing you with that women's title was disgusting." <laughs> and Sasha goes, "Disgusting, disgusting." <laughs> it was awesome. It's like one of my favorite moments. To me, the Irish accent is part of Becky's charm. Uh-huh. I mean, the the bright orange hair. Yeah, you're a complete idiot if you say, oh, I don't like her because I don't like her Irish accent. Like, well, that's Kevin part Dunn of is, Well, Kevin Dunn is a stupid idiot. Oh, just he is. <laughs> and, not, and not in the Chris Jericho way. Yeah. In, like, the real world way. Yeah. Yeah. I think Chris Jericho has called him a stupid idiot. <laughs> Good. He should. Triple H is definitely hate him. <laughs> yeah. So, Eck, you don't think there's any chance of Alexa winning the title next week? I will tell you this. If Alexa wins, 
that does more discredit to the SmackDown tag title than Raw's bouncing back five times in seven months, in my opinion. Well, how? How many times has Becky defended it? She hasn't. Exactly. It shouldn't be a change. Do you, do you have an answer? As to whether I think she yeah. has a chance of winning, I do think she has a chance because I think they know... I think they know how good she's been, and I think they know that the crowd is invested in her. Mm-hmm. All right, so Alexa has surpassed Sasha right now. <laughs> really? Char- wow. Charlotte's number one. Okay. Charlotte's awesome. So Alexa, after that promo, what she, what she said, the fairy tale's over, I'm the Wicked Witch of WWE, I'm going to get you my pretty and your title too. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I popped for that. That was, that was so awesome. Like, she's awesome. So... The fact that Alexa and Carmella, they were the ones that cut that promo. Now, instead of having the other girls cut a promo, like Nikki, Nikki Bell's the supposed team captain, but it's not the champion, which makes no sense. Correct. So the, the fact that they made Alexa and Carmella cut that promo had me kind of thinking. I'm like, okay, why are they cutting the promo on the Raw women? So I was kind of thinking, it's like maybe they'll give it to Alexa, but the fact that Alexa's had the upper hand in the last few weeks makes me think that Becky's going to retain the title because Alexa has she, she she jumped her the week before with with um the yellow, the yellow mm-hmm. cower thing on her back, and then this week she beat her with the DVT. Yeah, pinned her. Yeah, she pinned her in the middle of the ring. So it's like okay, so Alexa's had the upper hand, so maybe she's we kind of assume she's going to lose, but. Yeah. I don't think you really have her cut that promo just for nothing, and that might be something small, but I think that that's kind of important in this in the, in the build for your for a team Raw versus Team SmackDown. It is. I like. I, I think there's a chance Alexa wins it. I don't think she will. The reason being, I think that's kind of the way you classically have booked a heel is you win every match but the biggest one. Yeah, and then the fact that. She's won, she's beat she's got the upper hand on Becky and Becky was gone for a month prior so Becky's had time to get back on TV and now she, now when she actually has this match she's been on TV for two weeks prior yeah she's gotten some sympathy the last two yeah, weeks yeah so so she, so I think that she could possibly win the match but I would love for Alexa to win like if Alexa loses like I'll be like real like real sad <laughs> like, I'll, I might be the wet blanket but you're gonna be like Troy yeah when the, when the heels lose you're gonna be upset yeah I'll, I'll be upset but. <laughs> I, I, I do love Becky Lynch too, but Alexa, she's turned into one of my favorites. No, she's awesome. She's the way she carries herself, the way she speaks, her facial expressions, the way she engages with the crowd. She's unbelievable. I do think Becky, like X said, she hasn't defended it yet. I don't see a reason for her, as popular as she is, to lose it before defending it. Um, Naomi named to the women's uh, Survivor Series match team. Natty made the coach of the team, whatever whatever that means. Uh, the Intercontinental Championship. We had Miz TV with Daniel Bryan on as a guest. And Daniel Bryan basically did everything he could to troll the Miz. <laughs> the best part of SmackDown, hands down. Was Miz TV? Yes. Eck, will you at least admit oh my gosh. that when... You know, he asked him. Basically, the Miz said he wanted to be part of the SmackDown five-on-five team, and Brian announced that no, we have Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. Baron Corbin, Dean Ambrose, and Champion AJ Styles. Miz was upset that he was left off the team. He said, "No, Miz," and Daniel Bryan said, "Nope." And he said, "Is that why you brought me out here, just to humiliate me?" 
and uh, or just, you know whatever he said. And he said whatever he said. It wasn't that he said that later, but that I think the Miz on the fly kept asking questions to which Daniel Bryan's answer would be nope to get the crowd because the crowd started chanting nope on the second one. He did a run of like four or five questions to get the crowd chanting nope for everything the Miz asked before saying, so is that why you brought me out here, just to humiliate me? And Daniel Bryan said, yep. Will you at least admit that that part of, of SmackDown was good, facilitated by the Miz? So, as far as was that good, yes. Is he good as a heel, as a bad guy? Yes. Is he good? He's not the bad guy. But he's a good bad guy. He's the bad guy. As a bad guy. Whatever. I don't know what I said at this point. All I can say is, yes, he's good. He's better as a heel. He had a short stint maybe once or twice as a face. I don't know about when he first That was horrendous. I'll give you that. that was just, <laughs> his thing with flair, short-lived. He was using the figure four. But what I will say is, yes, but does he do... Is he good then? Is this his best run ever? Yes, I will say that. However, I will say... Word to the original episode of Unsanctioned that Joe Laugh was on because his gripe with The Miz, his negatives with The Miz, is his in-ring work. Mm-hmm. I think The Miz sucks because his in-ring work. I don't think The Miz is, how do you say, good because <laughs> of his in-ring work. I think he is terrible. <clears throat> his in-ring work sucks. He's good on the mic. He's good as a heel. Yes. He does not deserve to be a champion. One, because he can't go put on a good match. He can't what? put on a five-star classic. He can't. Listen, I've argued with a good friend of the show, Joe Laugh, several times about how any good match Triple H has ever been in, Triple H was carried. Well, if Miz was in oh! a good match, time out, time out. If Miz was ever in a good match, this show's about to he take was a carried. turn I didn't expect. <laughs> Whoa. He was so. Just because I wanted to comment on that unsanctioned episode, my gripe, because I hear about it, whether it's friends of the show, you two, anyone, my gripe with The Miz is because when I got done my six, seven year hiatus of watching the product, Miz is running around with a briefcase. I don't even know what the briefcase is. He cashes in. <laughs> Some little girl, they zoom in on her. She's disgusted because he becomes a champion. His first time defending it, which Paul mentioned the crowd was hot for when he defends it in a ladder match against Jerry the King Lawler. Well, I want this 70-year-old man to win <laughs> because I I haven't watched the show for seven years, but here's a guy seven years ago I saw in the real world. The guy was in the real world, and he's in here. At the time, he was not as good on the mic, if you ask me. I just thought, you know, that's my honest opinion. I just didn't think it, he was good. His in-ring work still is trash, He's good as a bad guy. You know, he's got a hot wife. Good for him. <laughs> I don't care what my best friend says. He does not deserve to be an Intercontinental Champion. They don't. He doesn't never need to have that title ever again. Maybe he does because he should never be World Champion. <laughs> uh, okay, so did you say Triple H got carried? My friend just laughed. Laugh. Says oh, Triple H okay. got carried. I would argue. Okay, because if you said that, we were going to hit a roadblock. All <laughs> Now, now I'll get to you about the Miz because that was just blasphemous. That's the only thing that matters. Let's get right to it. That was blasphemous. Okay, so as Paul Carboni, good friend, friend of the show. <laughs> you could call him a good friend. Good of the friend show. of the show. <laughs> Especially you could. Who call sat him. in my seat? Uh huh. 
It was basically you me here because you and Joe Lafferty getting destroyed. <laughs> You've so never destroyed Miz, me anywhere, best the friend. The Miz, who is an excellent heel, this is professional wrestling, this is not Ring of Honor, so... It, it's all about your character. The Miz, the Miz, was he booked properly? No. Was his world championship run not good because he fought Jerry the King Lawler, a seventy-year-old man? No, no, it was not good. Did he deserved to beat John, <laughs> the shovel John Cena at WrestleMania 27. The no. Miz was the top heel in the company. We reviewed Money in the Bank 2011, which is available on iTunes, Poppy. <laughs> we reviewed that, and the Miz got the loudest pop in that Money in the Bank ladder match. The Miz, the Smarks love the Miz. The Miz was is an excellent heel. If you cannot appreciate what the Miz does, I don't know what to tell you. That guy, you hate him, so he he is doing his job. That's listen. Hold on, tell me. We're gonna we're gonna retract this right quick. I hate him, so he's doing his job. We say every single week this show has been on the air for almost a year. The most valuable wrestling podcast. That you can find anywhere. We're the MVP, or the, the most valuable podcast. But, but, I like everywhere, <laughs> everywhere it is stated. I'm a fan of heels. I prefer heels. I've corrupted my seven-year-old son to like heels. But you're telling me Troy is getting a lot of heat on this episode, and that man. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Miz was good, I would like him. He's trash. Listen, Seth has a heel for over a year. We've all loved him. But he's great in the ring. Great. Was he he was booked bad as a WWE champion. But he's great. At least he was putting on good matches. Well, Seth didn't have to face a 70-year-old Jerry King Longer drunk up on Viagra. He didn't have to do that. I'm sure he did something worse. Can I just say I love the idea that Jerry the King Lawler was on Viagra to perform in a wrestling match? Well, he has a 25-year-old woman right now, and she's too old for him. <laughs> but the fact you just said the Miz can't put on a five-star match when he's clearly had the best match on the last two SmackDown pay-per-views. Because Ziggler carried him. It takes two to tango. Listen, Laugh will argue that. It takes two. <laughs> Joe Lafferty with the tan came on the show <laughs> with the tan and said that the Miz had the best two matches on the last two SmackDown shows. And he, he gave that to Ziggler. He, the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. The Miz has been excellent. First of all, the Miz is suit. Beautiful. Was. It I was, love that excellent. Suit. It was excellent. I'm going to get to this problem because I'm going to lose my voice dealing with this crap. Oh <laughs> you my. may not be able to make it to the end of this show. <laughs> You're the Araldish Chapman of this show. The fact that he was so mad about not being on the team because Brian set it up for It would have been perfect. better if his pants were red. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. He just had a red jacket. Don't so go what? in a suit. But he had the tie. It offset it. Shut it, up. The le- he had the leather pant. It was great. <laughs> Anyway, I love you guys arguing fashion at this point. <laughs> you ain't gonna go this one, man. High fashion is heelish. Speaking of fashion, the best part of all this past week, Eck? You said it before we started. Oh my gosh. Well, who's who's on the announce table? Corey Grace. Oh, yeah, Corey Grace. <laughs> His suit's better than Mrs. Get out of my face. <laughs> Alright, continue with your uh, point about the Miz. Before I regurgitate, don't throw pens at me, best friend. <laughs> okay, so the Mizzou suit, beautiful. Uh, that's a, when Angel was the next like, that suit, I need that. I want to be like the Miz when I grow up. But, like I was saying, 
the way Brian set it up, Brian set it up. Miz was just waiting for his end to be called. And then he kind of shot on Brian after that. And then Miz, and Miz, also, was say, Miz also was saying, you don't want to pick me because you don't... What, what did he say exactly? No, Brian's, Brian came back and said, said to him, saying that, I'm not going to pick you because you don't want to fight. I need guys that's willing to fight. Clearly, you had a you had an intercontinental title sh- chance last week, but you didn't want to but you didn't want to take. Yeah, you were afraid to fight. Yeah, and then I popped with Miz said, "What your best at nowadays is moping around at John moping around at John Cena's house." That was great because I don't know if you watched. I don't know if you've been reading. That was good. That was good heat. Yeah. I don't know if you've been reading or you've been or you heard about Total Bellas. You're the only one watches here, best friend. Ryan's excellent. Johnny Ace, dynamic dude, best part of the show. <laughs> best part of the show. John Cena won. I thought he was the best general manager of all time. So. <laughs> John Cena wanted to kill their dog. It was so the dog bit him. Excellent. I do. I, I saw that on the commercial. Yeah, but I like that. in the in this next episode, he's going through real life depression because they're coming up to the park where he has to retire. Yeah. So that hit that, that hit a switch on Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan started shooting on on Miz, saying he wasn't a good wrestler. But I like I smack that always hits on real life situations. Well, that was and that was the first time you saw Daniel Bryan actually physically react, mm-hmm. like when he smacked the chair yeah. out of the way. Yeah, because he's in a position where I can't physically compete, mm-hmm. and that I almost felt like if I didn't know he can't wrestle, I would I, like I was still feeling like. Are they going to be in a match at the next pay per view? Mm. Like that's how it came across. Well, I'm telling, I'm, I'm a chorus around the dirt sheets will report that's going to be a, this is going to be a thing at WrestleMania. I guarantee you there will be a report saying this is going this is going to be a thing soon. Well, it could be a thing or it could not. Yeah, be a thing. could not be a thing. Actually, actually, wait, actually wait, if there's, wait, if there's wait, anyone wait, wait, that don't put Daniel Bryan in a, wait, a match against, it'll be the Miz because <laughs> yeah. Daniel Bryan will carry him. Yeah. You don't got to worry about Miz hurting him because he doesn't do any moves. <laughs> the soft WWE style, like Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan said. Like Dirt, she said, it can happen or cannot happen. Plans always change. Like they always say, to give themselves an out. It can happen, it can happen, but or it might happen. plans always change. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this segment. I enjoyed what both guys brought to the table. I even enjoyed, I think Daniel Bryan said to him, like, go sit on the commentary table and just talk. That's what you're good at. Like, in life, there's a lot of people who that's what you do. You're, good at re- you're really good at talking about doing stuff, but you don't actually do it. Um... I enjoyed that aspect of it. It led to Dolph Ziggler coming down and doing an open challenge, which obviously that was a waste of time seeing Kurt Hawkins come down and lose to an immediate super kick. Fact. Well, Fact. he debuted. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I didn't want to see that either. But then it led to an open challenge at Survivor Series where he will challenge anyone from the Raw roster to compete for the Intercontinental Championship. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the coolest part about Survivor Series at this point. Yeah. Because the the five on five matches, they don't mean anything. There's nothing at stake. This is like Tracking there's a, yeah, that's it. There's a real tangible prize on the line with this Intercontinental Championship. Now, obviously, the Intercontinental Championship is not going to move to Raw because SmackDown can't afford to lose a title. My honest opinion, I agree 100%. But it, it's cool that that's an aspect of the show. To me, like that's already what I'm looking forward to most about Survivor yeah, Series. I am, yeah, I am too because... I Just per- even not knowing who it's going to be. I can't yeah. wait to see who's going well, to come see, out. I personally think it's going to be Sami Zayn. And he'll, Sami Zayn will win. Because... Just after now, for our 148 followers on Instagram, you would already know that Halo posted that on Instagram. That's his prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because I think whoever challenges Miz, 
I mean, Ziggler is going to win this match. Because Dolph Ziggler, I mean, Miz, he'll probably be at commentary. Because he was so mad that Dolph made that challenge because Miz not... Going up, come, going up on that challenge last week, ended up, the, ended up to bite, bite him back. He's like, no, no, no. Like, like he saw that he was legit angry. So I think this will be because it's only two weeks, leaving, two weeks left to Survivor Series. So I think I don't. I hope we find out who, maybe by the Go Home Show. But the Miz, I think he'll still be a part of this match somehow, some way. Not a triple threat, but I think he'll probably be on commentary or get involved in this match. But I do think whoever. Whoever ch- the Raw challenger is, I do think they win that match because I'm, I'm guaranteeing it's probably somebody that's not doing anything because there's a lot of guys on the Raw roster that we know that aren't doing anything. Coming to mind, I think it's Sami Zayn. I think, and now, but I think Sami Zayn is perfect because he can actually cut promos and he'll fit perfect into the story with Dolph and The Miz because The Miz. The Miz can can go on go off of Sami Zayn on, on how kind of person he is, the kind of superstar he is. He, he never wins. Similar, similar. So to he's an Indian guy. He's an Indian guy. You can compare him to Brian. Yeah. So you hope we we find out who it is before. See, part of what I like is the idea of not knowing who it is mm-hmm. until they come out. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of what's intriguing to me. I can see them almost to just fill that three o'clock hour, the go home show, do another battle royal for, <laughs> for who gets to challenge yeah. Dolph Ziggler. That actually would be cool, but yeah, but I, to me, part of what I think is cool about it is the idea that we go into that pay per view knowing anyone from that roster could come out and challenge him. Um, I'm sorry, I gotta ask my best friend. You think Raw goes over in that match? Yes, because I, because. But but do you so like, do you no, think the like, winner goes to SmackDown? Yeah, the winner goes to SmackDown because that's how it's not gonna leave SmackDown. Okay, because okay, okay. That's, 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 that's that's like that's what I want. Yeah, to make sure. yeah, because like there are at least three guys I can think about. Well, the main, the most, the two top guys I think of that aren't doing anything on Raw are Sami Zayn and and Neville because Zayn and Strowman. That's not a thing because Strowman's with um. Yeah, on, only on way on I can see it going over is if it was Strowman challenging. Yeah, but. Yeah, so I think I think it's Sami Zayn because it makes sense. The character makes sense because I was saying for months, well, a couple months ago, the perfect person for the Miz and the Intercontinental SmackDown was Sami Zayn. Yeah, because he, he's that kind of character. He's he's an, an underdog character. So I think it's Sami Zayn, and I think Sami Zayn will end up being Dolph Ziggler. That would be perfect if Sami Zayn wins the Intercontinental Championship and then he's on the SmackDown roster. Yeah, because he'll have something to do, and then he'll be important. And he can go go forth go go further with Sami Zayn versus Dolph versus Miz. That would be awesome. Uh... Tag division on SmackDown. American Alpha got an immediate win over the Spirit Squad. American Thank goodness. Hoopa. Yeah, oh, y'all love them. The Usos got a win over the Headbangers. Fast forwarded through that match. Didn't need to see the Headbangers again. Especially when they don't have their real entrance music. Yeah, so they're both in the five on five. That's what I hate about SmackDown. Match. They give no entrance music justice. But right. skip me. The last kind of important thing from SmackDown is. Randy Orton has kind of furthered his story with the Wyatt family. The match was fine. I mean, whatever. Kane in a no DQ match again. The Wyatt family comes out. Kane gets hit with all three of their finishers. He takes the RKO to take the loss. He takes the uh, discus lariat from, uh, Harper. from Harper, the leader of the Harper family. And then he takes his sister, his sister Abigail's kiss from Bray Wyatt. We get a quick promo from them in the, you know, backstage, wherever, you know, Bray Wyatt's lair is in every arena around the country. I wonder if it's next to Stardust Lair. It might be. <laughs> or it might be Stardust Lair, which is not there anymore. But I I actually, the match was whatever it was. I liked the promo because I liked Randy saying, 
you know, I was born with the devil on one shoulder. I don't want to tune him out anymore. Um, I liked him saying that the darkness has shown me the light. I loved Bray Wyatt saying, like, you're a snake, you're a serpent. It's always kind of been the uh, symbol of, like, treachery, evil. Some may even say the devil himself. Um, I really enjoy it. Now, some people think that this is all leading to basically Randy Orton is fooling Bray Wyatt, which will really piss me off if that's the case. Now, I think that's probably what's going to happen. But to me, his face getting disfigured in the mirror, the light flickering in his eyes during that promo, there's a like supernatural element they're playing into, which to me tells me that there is something going on with Randy Orton right now, that he is legitimately buying into Bray Wyatt. If Bray Wyatt now gets outsmarted by Randy Orton, and Randy Orton's been playing him the whole time, that buries Bray Wyatt more than any, losing any match ever has. Because what Bray Wyatt has is his character. And if they take that away from Bray Wyatt, I don't know what is left of Bray Wyatt. Do you One, do you enjoy this storyline at all? And two, do you think that Randy is just playing Bray Wyatt? I think Randy's playing Bray Wyatt, but I don't really know what to think about this yet because there's a lot of un, untold, un, well, unanswered things in this situation. Because every time I see this thing, every time I see this between anything between these two, I go back to what you said about um, like the face, Randy's face disfiguring and the part, um, the part on SmackDown where Orton thought Orton ended up in in Wyatt's lair and then the screen faded out to, to mm-hmm. Wyatt. There are a lot of unanswered questions. Like I know you're talking about how how um what did he, what did you say about or, the big why, thing for me was when he started singing you got the whole world in your yeah. hands with the mask on and then it all went backwards yeah, yeah. and they never really yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. it why get why playing mind games or or mm-hmm. get, get into or a prisoner in his own mind that's what, I think mm-hmm. that's what you said so there are a lot of unanswered questions to that because it was like this whole time it's like okay is is why in or his mind I guess we go or I guess we're automatically suing that now so. I think that Bray Wyatt, I think Orton does turn on Bray Wyatt, because I think he, Orton may be trying to figure out how to beat Bray Wyatt mentally. That's the only thing I, I can think of a situation, because it's hard to kind of get a grasp of what's going on right now. Right. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point, is we're not supposed to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eck. Yes. Do you feel that Randy Orton right now, do you think he is playing Bray Wyatt, or do you think he has succumbed to the, to the Wyatt family? Honestly, I hope he succumbed to it, and I hope it's not a week and a half sprint with the Wyatt family similar to what Brian did. Uh, Brian has mentioned during Talking Smack that, you know, he only lasted with the Wyatt family one week. If he's going to do this, you know, pairing with the Wyatt family, I hope this lasts. Put them with him until Mania. I mean, if anything, it boosts the value of Brian. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping as well. Um... I don't want to talk about this on the show, so I won't say anything, but I know some people think it's a big deal. Do either one of you have anything to say about Goldberg? Because <laughs> I won't say anything. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. All right, so thank God for Paul Heyman. That's my first thing, because I'm glad he just did all the talking, because Goldberg came out. I guess he's been pra- practicing his entrance because he didn't get blown up this week. 
So, but and the thing is, he actually got a reaction because it wasn't in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the whole time about Brock Lesnar. So that makes sense. I love how he got the crowd, how Heyman got the crowd excited for, for Goldberg to come out, and, and he just pl- played him like a played him like a flute. Yeah. He's just sitting there smiling in the corner, and then my favorite thing Heyman does. I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. Every I time. do love that about Heyman. <laughs> but and then, Rus- and then Rusev comes out and. You know how Rusev gets. He just he does his his old little whiny thing, and then I just love how Heyman was standing over, standing over um Rusev like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And Corey Graves kind of pissed me off for the first time. He's like, we never seen a spear like that in a long time. Yeah, because it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, we've never seen a spear that bad. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what this spear looks Stop. like. Like fast forward. Christian that has done too. bad spears. I know that's your boy. Not like that. He's because Graves said. We haven't seen a spear like that in years. Well, yeah, it was that bad. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I fast-forwarded through. Eck, any any thoughts on Goldberg? I'll continue saying, I hope we see one, another match besides just him and Brock. Oh. Because Brock's going to go over. And I would like to see him get his cheap win, just like everyone wanted Sting to get a win underneath the WWE banner. Mm. Listen, just because people say you look like him don't mean you got to hate him so much. Mm. He just sucks. And he got no business being back there. You know who else sucks? The Miz. He don't got no business. <laughs> oh, speaking of Goldberg, he was on first take. Uh huh. And he actually admitted that that match was not good. At, oh, at, at, at least, at least somebody out? admitted it. Well, Seth called him out leading to SummerSlam, and then he re- answered Seth. Well. Um, real briefly. NXT, Samoa Joe kind of called out Shinsuke Nakamura again. That's going to be on TakeOver Toronto. We had Gargano and Ciampa go over Ho-Ho Loon, the worst contestant in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yes. And Tian Bing, the gigantic guy from China who is the newest member of the Performance Center. We had Perkins and Ibushi go over Lince Dorado and Mustafa Ali. That was a good match. It was a good match. That was a really good match. Good main event for mm-hmm. NXT this past week. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce take out Aaliyah and Liv Morgan. And Ty Dillinger gets a win over a nobody. So I guess those are the only guys he can beat. Yep. Uh, Asuka over Thea Trinidad, which, Eck, I don't know if you remember, but we saw her at House of Hardcore in April against uh, Jade. I do recall. So she got, I guess that was her NXT NXT debut. I don't know if she's going to be there for a while or not. Good cool destroyed. to see her. And Asuka, it was announced that she will be facing Mickie James officially at NXT TakeOver Toronto, Survivor yes. Series weekend. Um, should be an awesome show. So NXT to me is kind of like Raw in that the weekly show doesn't really entertain me, but the big events are always awesome. Yeah. So I can't wait for Takeover Toronto. Yeah, well, for me, it's I don't, the um, the tapings for the rest of the month leading up to Takeover. They're tonight, so I don't know what ha- I usually look at them. But look, yeah, they're not. They weren't done yet, but I'm excited for that women's title match because even I, even when Oscar found out she was facing Mickey, she was so excited because yeah. she won a competition because she had, hasn't had it mm-hmm. in the longest time. So I mean, I'm most excited for that match because take like I said, Takeover is always Takeover is always awesome, but. NXT, like I said, in the beginning of the show and for the past few months now, it's like, yeah, like, even like the Joe Nakamura feud, it's actually good. It's just the fact that the rest of NXT isn't good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just like stuff happens for an yeah. hour and that's it. Yeah. Well, my comparison to NXT and Raw will be, I have, um, since I work till 9 p.m. on Mondays, I have my best friend Alo spoiling Raw for me for the first hour. After I, I have to put, I put, I put his text or his contact on Do Not Disturb, and then meanwhile... What? NXT TV is pre-recorded, so I have social media spoiling that for me. So I, they both get spoiled. Well, best right. friend, I do that while I'm at work for you in the big day. <laughs> uh, real quick before we get out of here, do we have any listener questions? Yes. Um, Angel had a question. Hi, honey. <laughs> What's up, Angel? So she wants to know: Do you think WWE would be better if it was if it was not if the matches weren't determined? Oh, if the slash, matches weren't determined. Yeah, slash scripted, yeah. So first of all, thank you, Angel, for the question. I guess this almost harkens back to what X said in the first segment of the show about the women's Hell in a Cell match that would make that match even better if the result was determined during the match. I don't know how they could have every match not determined before they go out there, but you'd have to think, especially if you had good, have good performers, if they could find out during the match who's going to win, if they can go out there not knowing who's going to win, there may be something added to it. I think it would be difficult to do. For me, the, the idea of it being scripted is I don't want to see any performers reading off cue cards their promos. Like, I don't want to see the interviewer holding the microphone up and you're looking over here looking at the cue cards to read your lines. We're not talking about Baron Corbin, right? Correct. Well, the inspiration Or, or TM61 on this past week's... But that was uh, good. NXT. It was a good promo, but I could see them reading off the cards. I don't. Nia Jax has been caught reading off cards. Most of them are. But I think if anything they could do to add a little realism to the product would make it a lot better. So, Angel, good question. Yes, I think if you could keep the scripting to a minimum, it would make for a better TV show every week. Well, uh, Angel, thanks again for the question, as everyone stated. But uh, I guess my answer mainly to that would be I think everyone – here, presently, everyone listening can agree. Um, we all know it is a show. There is a theme to it. There is a storyline to it. We've all been watching it for more than a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. So there should always be a blueprint, I would say. Um, if there could be more of a cutting edge factor, of course I would love it. If it could be more like the 90s and early, early, early 2000s, I would love it. Uh, however, with so much things going on in the world and so many ways that the company's invested in, I don't see that happening. If they could do more things on the fly where, you know, they get to say, hey, in the ring, we'll call it, or hey, we, we have the right to change change the result. Let's go in this direction. I think it would be great. I mean, I wish it would be great if in the main event or Monday Night Raw, Roman would have just been like, you know what, Jericho? You've been so awesome. You deserve to be... You know what, I'm going to give you this belt. You deserve to be United States champion. I know, you know Vince doesn't want me to give this up, but I'm going to give you this. The Brian, Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick did not deserve to be handed a Cruiserweight championship, but you deserve to be handed whatever belt you want. Mm-hmm. It's something crazy like that would happen, and, you know, off the script, something like that would happen. Hey, I definitely do think it would be better. If they went more off a blueprint than a step-by-step-by-step-by-step, which I'm sure it would be compelling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when she asked me this question, she kind of related, related, related it to UFC. And I told her, well, it's kind of different because there has to be a winner. Unlike you, unlike, there has to be a predetermined winner unlike UFC because UFC did just go out there and fight. And now if, we do, if you do that, if WWE did that, it's just, it's just like amateur wrestling. And things wouldn't be... 
Well, UFC, not to interrupt you, but Vince McMahon used to always love to say about Monday Night Raw, where anything can happen. In the UFC, truly anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. So, but anything can happen on Monday Night Raw. Now, 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 similar, now, similar to what you were saying now, and you were, and what Eric was saying now, there has to be a predetermined winner. But if they just had no script, they, they I believe these guys could tell a story of the ring without just be told what to do. Sim, similar to, similar, similar to, I'm, I'm sure Ring of Honor in um, New Japan. I'm sure they have, they have bullet points. I'll put it that not even script, just bullet point. Things to hit and just let them go out there and have the best match possible. But. There always has to be a predetermined winner in these matches. Yeah, uh, uh, agreed. I I do think it's possible to have some matches with some talent that's not predetermined, but I think from the standpoint of you're going to have ten matches a night, mm-hmm. most of them are going to be predetermined. But I think the less scripting they have in WWE, the better. The more you let people explore their own personality, the better. Their own character. The less you handcuff these people, the better. And I think that's something WWE should look into as soon as possible. Uh, that's it for listener questions? Yes, it is. All right. So I will say once again, that is it for Matt Madness, the best podcast in the podcast business. Also, as we coined tonight, the MVP, the most valuable <laughs> podcast in the wrestling podcast business. Alo, you got something you want to say? Tell your friends to get with our friends. We can be friends. We do this every Wednesday night. I'm Wednesday night, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. Matt, uh, Facebook, Facebook, Matt Madness, Twitter, Matt Madness Pod, Instagram, Matt Dad Madness underscore podcast. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five star reviews on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. We're Matt Madness. We make the rules. We will break them. <laughs> Alo, thank you for that. So another episode of Matt Madness in the, is in the books for Ek Two Fly, Eric Trambicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd joining us from Nottingham, England. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.